Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Tone. Okay, great to be with you on this Thursday. Question for everybody. Question for everybody. Are the Cavs a soft basketball team? Oh, God. Come and on. Hold on. Shut up. They can't see your face when you do that. Are the Cavs a soft basketball team, and are we at fault? 216-474-0092. Are, is Cleveland soft media at fault? Even though, I mean, depends on how, how you follow the team. I mean... There are uh, there are hardcore Cavs fans out there. Well, there's really hardcore Browns fans out there who think nobody's fair to the Browns, and then there's hardcore Cavs fans out there who feel that their team is ignored, and uh, oh, there's Guardians fans out there and they just seem to hate everybody. But as far as the general <laughs> fan is concerned, like I said this yesterday, I go, man, at the fan here, like I, you talk, you've actually you've blossomed over the last few years. You don't even realize how much you talk to all the other people on the other side with the office and things like that. You used to be basically persona non grata to those folks over there. And now you've talked to them I more developed and more. quite the reputation. You really have. Yes, you really have. I was the Josh McDaniels yeah, of you, the staff. You really were. And, and I, I tell you what, you've kind of, you've really opened up. There's no kind of, you've opened up. But I talked to a lot of fans or a lot of Cavs fans yesterday, quote unquote Cavs fans. Like they, guys, they don't know. These are office people. They don't know. They have no idea who Sam Merrill is. They can't pick him out of a lineup, guys. They can't do it. And they they don't know who Max Struess is. Does JB know who Sam Merrill is? Okay, well that's another thing for for for. Well, we can get into that right now if you want to. Anyway, um, why are you playing Sam Merrill as much? I got one answer, but I uh, I want to run it by you. Mm-hmm. It's just like, hey man, he's we we got to figure. I mean, Darius Garland played forty four minutes in a double overtime loss. Like when you bring back Darius Garland, you bring back Evan Mobley. When you have Karis LeVert kind of back into the lineup again, I know he was banged up there. Like you're gonna lose, you're gonna lose minutes for Sam Merrill. Yeah, you, you've got. Yeah, and it's they did cost minutes for somebody. They did. You're not gonna lose too many games in the NBA regular season. 
dropping 22 threes, which is what they did a night after they hit 20. Yeah, crazy that is. If I would have told a Cavs fan like 15 years ago, hey, there's going to be two regular season games where they combine for 42 threes. Is that the best team in the history of basketball? No, it's what everybody does now in the NBA is shoot a lot of threes. Yeah. What they do. So many threes. But I talked to a lot of Cavs or like again, they, they are They shot 54 of them. Quote unquote Judas Priest. Quote unquote Cavs, and they were still 40%. Hell quote yeah. unquote Cavs fans. Where they're honestly, I think they just I think the Cavs season started for a lot of people on Tuesday night. I, I don't know why they were watching I that agree Dallas with you game. When you say that. And they just watched it and they go, the the season has now started without them knowing. Because I went over to the TV station. Again, a lot of office people. Yeah, this Max Struess, like they like they say his last name, like they're like not sure how to say his last name, and I go, okay, you you really haven't been watching, and I'm not gonna judge him for it. Like people are busy, they got other things, and we you and I we're we're supposed to follow up, but we're entertainment and a sidebar for everybody else. Are we too soft on him though? Because you and I said at 9:50 yesterday at the end of the show, a hey, free pass for the Cavs tonight. I probably was. We were. Normally, I'm not the soft one on the Cavs at all. You actually, you've been I've even been, more brutal on the I've Cavs been, this I've year. I've been tough talking, but, Ken. But just in terms yeah. of overall, overall, I think people in the city think I'm too hard on the Cavs at times because I, I get excited. I have them at this at this pedestal, and I've seen a championship. So I'm I'm probably comparing them unfairly mm-hmm. to some some great teams, and then some other great teams. We're, we're always watching the Boston Celtics this year, and. And, and, and really, it's so wide open in the East after them. But yeah, I'm guilty of being a little hard on them. And they, they still have so many young players, and, and two in particular, that we're, we're, we're always you know going to put the microscope um, with it. That's Darius Garland and Evan Mobley. And so, obviously, we'll have thoughts on them again. But See, you already I gave got him a free pass. after me, too. I gave him a free pass I last night. I gave him a free pass. I said that when you win a game like that, the way they won it, as improbable as it was, as Herculean an effort from Max Struess, and then to hit the 60-footer and to have the whole city on cloud nine, I said they can do no wrong for 24 hours. Come on. And you know what? I uh, I wasn't happy with the way they lost last night. They had a double-digit lead stand late in the fourth. I will stand by it today. I will stand by it. I'm a little concerned that um, they have not been playing good basketball. They have not the been last. playing good basketball. Over the last, I'll have to quantify how many weeks it's, it seems because they had the break, but they um, they do not look like a a big time ready well, to make a playoff run team. That doesn't mean that I'm just saying in this snapshot because they have had times during the season where they did. Obviously, they had the amazing 20 game stretch. That's that's a healthy stretch. Uh-huh. I'm just saying right now they don't they don't look like that team. Like Tank McDaniel's here. See, so you got when you when you hemmed and hawed yeah. when I said not hemmed and hawed, but you went when I did that. Take McDaniels. Kent, please don't do the, are the Cavs soft discussion? Like, what are they supposed to do? Get in a massive brawl with the other team? No, 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 no. Eh, we once get, in a while, those those are kind of nice. Uh, uh, I, mm, yeah, but depends. <laughs> I mean, you, you're going to get a guy suspended, so then he's going to make a rap the, album. And, yeah, that went true. Yeah. The Heat and the Pelicans with Kevin Love and Zion. You know, well, once in a while. Once in a while, it's nice to, to, to see guys... You know, get into it a little bit. I'm asking, are the Cavs soft, and is it our fault because we gave them a free pass and we've been very positive lately? It's been a very weird year. It's the season started, like, I it, I took the safety off so so far off one time that Andy thought I was he was going to get a call over the stuff I was saying at one point, which I thought was still fair, and I will still stand by those comments. But I still look at what the team was and what the team is, and I did think they got tougher. I think Jared Allen has been 
not night and day, but I think he's just way tougher than he's been last year, and I think he's been great. He has been. But I think a lot of people for the Cavs, it started last year. So, or excuse me, it started two nights ago. The season started two nights ago. You go back to last year. How do they lose in the in the Knicks series? Okay, then they win this tremendous game against the Mavericks. All right, you're finally back in. You had your, I don't know what it was, the all-star break, the whole thing, this vacation of sports, and then you're starting to get back in again because we're going to have to get back into sports at some point. And then they go out and they lose the, the Bulls. And I don't know, if you were just going to listen to ancillary conversation about the Bulls, you probably wouldn't think much of them, even though that you and I said a bunch of times yesterday, hey, you know, they are a try-hard team. They're not necessarily going away. I think they're the ninth Steph, seed right Andre, now. Andre Drummond, I don't remember him trying yeah. that hard when he was a Cab, but N- no, he had a famously season. he didn't. Famously he didn't want to. Tied a season high with 26 rebounds uh-huh. last night. Yeah. He is... Uh, yeah, I'm going to say that. He's. I, I think Andre Drummond, in a lot of ways, is what's wrong with professional sports. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'll say that. Poor, poor Andre Drummond and yeah. his family who might be listening today. I'm sorry. But, it, you know, I mean, when you when you, <laughs> when you you don't have that much here and then all of a sudden you do that, come on. And Am I am I a little bit bitter they lost? Yeah, I'm a little bit bitter. I'm a little bit bitter because we're going to get people saying that the Cavs are soft. Why? Well, Andre Drummond, who the league gives up on. How many times has the league given up on Andre Drummond? What's that tell you about Andre Drummond? Let's go. Yeah, and look. And we the, had him. The, and by the way, it was a great interview. You know, had it, had they played any other team that wasn't on the second night of a back-to-back, we would have all used the excuse of a second night of the back-to-back. The issue is this game then, and a lot of it's your fault um, because of what happened there late in the fourth. But you had that lead. And then the game ends up going to overtime. Yep. And so all of a sudden, Donovan Mitchell's played 44 minutes. Darius Garland's played 44 minutes. And and while Donovan, you know, I trust him in, implicitly with playing a lot of minutes. I don't want him playing a ton of minutes down the stretch like he had to do last year. I think that took a little bit out of him. Um, it's not a, not a good recipe for a bunch of these guys to have to play that many minutes. It, cer- it nope. certainly isn't. Nope. So I, are we being too soft in the Cavs for giving them a free pass? Jeremy on the road. Jeremy, good morning. Hey, good morning. J- Jeremy, uh, are we too soft? Some... Are we too soft on the Cavs? Are Anthony and I too soft on them? Yes. Wow. I oh. think uh, everybody's too soft on Darius Garland, and I, I like the guy, but I think we really missed our chance by not trading him uh, because you can just totally see it's a different team. And uh, mark my words, if we, if we keep this formula up, not playing Sam Merrill, uh, not playing the same guys we were playing before, not having Mitchell at point guard, uh, we're gonna we're gonna be in big trouble. Wait a minute, Sam Merrill is the key to our success? Not the key, Mississippi but Merrill. Not the key, but with but with Mitchell at one point guard, he can, actually, he can actually find open shooters. Well, I did think for one point last night, Jeremy. I'll meet you somewhat of the way there. I did think that I did think that Donovan Mitchell was passing off to Darius Garland on purpose. I think they try to force the issue. That part I can agree with. But I think, you're, I think you are being a little bit fatalistic there if we're saying that Sam Merrill is the key or if we don't get him more involved, like we're not going to be able to attain our goals. I think they are well, working the, on things. The, the key is forcing Darius Garland. And also, just one other thing, once you get a big guy in the playoffs, like uh, you could just see the rebound factor. The same thing if they have big guys on the Knicks or whoever faces us in the first round. Well, they they're just going to push us around. Jeremy, thank you for the call. Tone? Uh, well, they won't get pushed around if they end up with a two seed and they're playing like the Pacers. Now, the Pacers could outshoot them in a series. I'd pick the Cavs to win, but the, the Pacers could outshoot them, but you're not going to get pushed around by them. Orlando, um, which we, we would be 
I think, big-time favorites over. Orlando is a tough team. Yes. Like, they, they're young, but they, they will get physical. You remember earlier in the year, they had one of the better defenses in the league. They've, they've certainly come back to the pack in a lot of ways, but it would be, it would be an unpleasant experience. But the playoffs should be. I mean, the playoffs should be, should be hard, rough, and tumble. It's not all going to be like the years you had LeBron and you oh. just decimated teams easily. Who's a better player overall? Darius Garland or one Mississippi Maryland? <laughs> Darius. Okay, yeah. so then you would work on things at this time of year to get Darius Garland more involved because Darius Garland, not just because he's the max contract guy, don't get me wrong on that, but is if he's the best, better player, which he is by far, then you're going to work on getting him involved with 25, now 24, games left to go in the regular season. Like, you're not not making the playoffs. Like, you would want to be this two seed, so you you get at least two first round or first and second round matchups, it seems. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Two home series, home court advantage, and the whatnots. So that's the guy it is. But I I was so impressed by what they did against Dallas. I, Do you really think the Bulls would beat us in a seven-game series? No. The Bulls got to make the postseason. Okay, so what are we What are we getting all hot and bothered No, about? no. I, They're I working th- things out. Yeah, I don't think you should be worried about that at all. I do think there's been more of a discussion, and quite frankly, I never thought when they, when they traded for Donovan Mitchell, I never thought we would be here at this stage in year two jumping into the month of March, as we will tomorrow, with people saying they'd rather see Donovan Mitchell a point guard. That is something I never thought, and I'm hearing more and more and more people want the ball out of Darius's hands and into Donovan Mitchell's hands because they don't trust Darius. It is is all – a lot of it is results-based. We go on what we saw that worked during a nine-game winning streak, even though we were playing a lot of lousy teams during a nine-game winning streak, and – They did not see Darius Garland on the floor. They saw Donovan Mitchell on the floor. And obviously when Darius Garland is not there, Donovan's going to bring the ball up and be the point guard. And and the offense is going to be run through him. Like that's, that's what a lot of people see. And so when, when Darius comes back and they got to work Darius in, like, yes, I, there's not, I'm not making a bunch of excuses saying I'm not concerned about Darius. I'm telling everybody I'm concerned about Darius, but I don't make Darius better by ignoring him in the offense and not letting him shoot and not letting him try to drive the lane. And he got slapped in the face yet again yesterday. Like, I'm not making my team any better by, well, we got to sit Darius now for stretches and bring in Sam Merrill. No, no. Come on, you guys know that doesn't sound right. I like Sam Merrill. I'm not trying to take shots at Sam. But this is what it is now. You got new guys coming in from the injuries. What did you think of Evan Mobley last night, by the way? I still don't have a, a ton of confidence. I, I, I like the fact that he put up 25 points. I mean, in the middle of the game, he numbers. was outstanding. He does. He has these stretches that where, where he comes to life. A lot of it is matchup oriented with him. You know, there are certain guys that he 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 cowers. I mean, he just does, I, that, that I get nervous against. And there are other guys where he's like, all right, his eyes light up, and he doesn't seem like a third-year player anymore. Yeah. It all just depends. But his – I'm a little worried about his confidence level going into the postseason, too, because you need Evan playing at a confident level. You need to you, you need him to to just be a guy who's not going to be, you know, afraid of that next level because he's remember when all is said and done, you know, we think this this could be Evan Mobley's team eventually. Like you'd like to start to see here in year three yeah. him assert himself a little more. You're very right about that. But when you have Evan coming back in and you have Darius Garland coming back in. I got to find minutes for some of these guys. And remember, you got a guy like Isaac Okoro. You got to make sure you, you find spots for him because he's still a top five overall pick. And they're seeing what the, he, he can do because you do yesterday. have contract situations coming in. And again, he had great moments yesterday. 
So I don't, I, you know, is it twelve million dollars a year? Is it fourteen million dollars a year for Isaac Okoro? Is that still a trade commodity in the offseason? There, you know, they, there are some things that they are trying to get figured out here. While we just think they should be beating the brakes off everybody, so I'm not, I'm not that concerned. I'm not. I am concerned about Darius Garland. I'm not concerned about the Cavs. But to a lot of folks, I'm sure I'm going to come off soft to them. And you and I are coming off soft. We are, we are pillow fighting with the Cleveland Cavaliers right now. And part of it is you just have an all-time win the night before. I'm, I'm going to at least yeah. try to enjoy that. People always accuse me, why don't you enjoy? You know what, for once, I did. step it back and enjoy it. And we'll, we'll get back to serious discussion about the Cavs yeah. after that. I, I think they're allowed to give one back after the way they won that the night before. Quite enjoyable. If, if you want to be mean, you could say they should have lost both games, and then we'd be having very different conversations. 216-474-0092. Coming up in about 20 minutes, you better have some good body language or some people are going to be very upset with you. It's true in your life, and it's obviously true with our favorite football team. Coming up next... Some really great news from a Cleveland legend. It's about last night on The Fan. Now, the Ken Carmen Show with Anthony Lima give their thoughts on what you might have missed about last night. I can't believe the amount of tweets. It's just like as if the game the other night, the all-time game where we talked about we're going to remember that the rest of our lives. If you brought your kids to that game, you're going to be talking about that game the rest of your life. They they just want to bitch about the loss last night. So, apparently, we are too soft. I think I think that's, I that's think, become definitive. I want to talk about this again later on at 8 o'clock because I think there are... I think a lot of people are just box score watching and don't even know that they lost in double overtime last night. I bet a lot of guys woke up. They just went to bed. Maybe they stayed up for that that Mavericks game. I want to know how many people actually watched that game last night. That's what I want to know. I bet not a lot did. They just saw the final score go. You know, you win a big one and then you lose another one. Here we go. I want to know. I bet I bet at 8 o'clock, I bet some more people have watched that game. Would it have mattered? Okay, instead of winning the way they did, where they, they really had no business, they needed Max Strews to do something we've never seen a Cavs player in the history of the team do. Even LeBron. Nobody's done that. Would they have been better off if they would have just beaten the Mavericks by 30 and none of that stuff oh, happened? Oh, yeah, yeah. Then we would have been okay with last night? I... I would have been okay with either. Because now are some fans saying, well, they should have just lost both games. So now they're just not, not playing good basketball. Why would you have just basketball? lost both games? Like, they're not playing their best basketball. I'm not denying that. But why would you want them to lose both games? What, what so, so you don't get your hopes up? Why am I getting my hopes up or down in February? They're the two seed. Still, at least the two or three seed. I got to take a by look a at it again game, after this morning. Seed, okay, so. by a half game. Because I didn't know if Milwaukee even played last night. So that's on me. Sorry about that. But why am I getting... Uh, why am I getting my hopes up or down on February 28th or 29th now? It is after the break. I got, got 24, 24 of these things left to go. Yeah. By the way, I uh, this was uh, this was something I had it's seen. The quarter of the season. I, I, I wondered if anything in the two-minute report would come out from the, the Mavericks game because Mark Cuban was tweeting and Dallas Mavericks fans were livid. They thought they didn't get any calls. And then you brought up the Garland getting tackled. That did not. Nobody thought they were getting called. That did not show up in the two minute. The the Garland turnover. I don't need the two minute. The two minute doesn't do anything. There was for one me. thing that showed up, and it was actually uh, against the Cavs, which was Jared Allen. They they should have had him for a three second violation, which the Cavs celebrate. So <laughs> it's it's just kind of funny of all the calls that that the the circus that was that game yeah. at the end. That was the one. So either way, they lost last night, double overtime, one thirty two, one twenty three, despite uh, having. A command of that game in the fourth, and then in, uh, in in both overtimes, they had a chance to win both overtimes, but they fall by nine points somehow, 
132-123. Good news is Darius Garland did hit seven threes, so finally he got that three-point shot back uh, to, to, to make up for some of that play, although there were some stretches again late uh, where, where he faltered. Here is J.B. Bickerstaff with how they lost that game. We just didn't make enough plays down the stretch. I think free throws kind of bit us in the butt a little bit. You know, the rebounding disadvantage obviously bit us in the butt quite a bit. And then, you know, the unfortunate, Jared just kind of got off balance. And DeRozan was smart enough to create the contact and get the three free throws. So, multitude of things that we can prove on. Yeah, there was a, there's a couple of opportunities here. You know, DeMar DeRozan had a chance to win the game. And I thought Struess played some nice defense on him, forcing a tough turnaround. Uh, and then on the other side, you had Donovan Mitchell with a, a look, a real good look to win the game, and it was front iron, so he missed it. Uh, I mean, no doubt, both teams had a number of chances. And then you look at the score ballooning the way it does. Uh, so looking at the standings now, Kenny, you know, Boston's running away with this thing. They are eight games ahead of the Cavs. So you have the Cavs at 38 and 20. You have Milwaukee at 38 and 21. The Knicks have fallen a little bit of late because they're they have been decimated by injuries. Yep. They are 38. Uh, they are 35 and 24. You've got the Knicks coming up. Then it's the Heat. Then it's the 76ers. Who are all the way down to the sixth seed. So I'll be watching to see how far the 76ers fall because that that could easily be your first round opponent. And then Joel Embiid could be coming back. You mm. could you could have your big men squared off playing? against. The guy who looked like he was easily the best player in basketball. Do you start playing the rest of the season in an effort to avoid them? No. No, I don't think you could do that. Yeah, we uh, kind of did that last year, though, when we were talking about the Knicks or the uh, Nets and kind of would have rather true. play the Nets. It's too early. I mean, Owen, we'll, we'll be looking at that the last week of the season for sure, but it's, it's far too early to worry about it now because, you know, they could they could end up playing Orlando. They could, I mean, Chicago. You could play the Bulls in a playoff series. It's, they've been hanging around forever yes meanwhile kevin stefanski talking in indy yesterday we carried that live here on sports radio 92.3 the fan and we've got plenty of audio from kevin that we'll get to kind of found this one fun because i didn't see this coming but he was asked about ken dorsey what's the one thing you think kenny most fans think when they think about ken dorsey the coach josh allen and getting fired okay that that's true oh. i think it's the the image of him throwing the headset in the booth is the one thing most guys... That's his memorable moment. Yeah. Well, Kevin Stefanski was asked about it. No, no. I know Ken. I know what he's about. He is so hyper-competitive. That's who he is. The stories of him playing pickup basketball are legendary. He wants to win. I think he's just such a competitive person, but that one moment is, is really not a big deal. <laughs> it's just funny that, hey, got to ask Coach about everything. You got the opportunity. Might as well. Because remember... I want to hear more about his... Pick up basketball. I do too. I know that. I want to know. Like, That's do guys legendary. have do guys have bloody noses? And Ken Dorsey is the king of some wreck. Where where did he well, play high school? Where where was he in high school? I have no idea. Kevin Stefanski did bring in that goal a few years ago. Yes, he did from his house. You have Miles Garrett, who is a celebrity game competitor every year. Miles Garrett hurt something playing basketball with Ken Dorsey. He played basketball at Miramonte High School in. Orinda, California. Ah, yes. Vaunted, home of the armadillos. In basketball, he was a two-year letterman as a senior, averaged 10 points, eight rebounds, and five steals a game. Wow. He really get right okay, up India, play that cross. Pretty good basketball player there in high And then school. he'd fight you if it was a rec game. That that apparently was what time, I'm hearing. I thought of this. To have that reputation that, that Kevin Stefanski just vouched for, 
He had to have gotten in how fist many, fights. How many fights? Oh, yes. How many fights on the basketball court did you get into growing up? All, it was at Ohio State. It was at Ohio really? State. It was at Owens North and Owens South. Owens Owens South was more basketball. You had the better basketball players there. You'd have Ohio State football players there. Uh, uh, North was a bunch of grad students. That's where I belonged, <laughs> playing with the grad students, not the athletes down at South. Uh, but absolutely got into it, one 100%. Time, one time growing up, me and my buddy Matt Long, I kept fouling. It was my fault. I mean, if I look at it now, it's definitely my fault. I kept cutting off the lane and fouling him, and my arm was going up and hitting him in the face. And it happened like three times. And the last time he goes, if you do that again, we are fighting. And it was a total accident. And he turned around, and I mean, he he reached back to the key building and tapped on it. And we grabbed each other by the shirts, and we just started feeding each other. We're both lefties, so we just it's like got, a hockey fight. What we Ken is doing right now? We were spinning around in the driveway, feeding each other lefts. It was ridiculous. Is it wrong to say, Kenny, that basketball, especially rec basketball, yeah. lends itself oh. more to fighting yes. than almost any other sport? E- easily e- uh, than any other sport. Yeah, easily. I mean, hockey, hockey's hockey, but if, unless you count, unless I count the the poker games at Vinny's drive-through <laughs> down the street and dice. Then, yeah, number three was yeah. pickup basketball. I remember Matt's mom was shocked. She just she wasn't going to get in the middle of it, and we just – Because – A dozen each at least. The thing about basketball is if you want to be a problem, you, you can do it full court. You can get into guys once shots are going up, and then, you know, you're always assessing, are the other guys taking this game seriously? All right, we're just going to get shots up. That's what we're doing. We're just getting a workout in. Yep. And then there's a guy yep. who can turn all of that into a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. In one fell swoop. All it takes is one. Uh, apparently, one of our bosses oh, wants to get on board. Here comes the marble mouth of Crawford County. Noted high school basketball player himself. Hello. I mean, when did the Cavs become immune to criticism, criticism from you guys? Let's criticize them. <laughs> I mean, all, Damn near long, all we did is complain about how the Browns won. Is it sustainable the way they're winning and everything? And now the Cavs win that's one a once a, game That's a once a week occurrence. It's a once-a-week okay. occurrence. But here's the, here's the deal, guys. When I'm watching these games, I'm not just paying attention to wins and losses after the break. I'm paying attention to how they're winning or losing the game. Late in the game, the habits that they're developing and, and reverting back to are worrisome to me. Because Those are the habits have that people like, want them to revert back to because they think it's winning basketball. I know you've gotten used to way, winning arguments in the afternoon, this, but you better come correct this, when you come to us in the morning. Is not a team that got out-rebounded by 30-plus last night? Did we not mention that? They got out-rebounded. I never said that yeah. I was thrilled with that or proud of that. We, there's a difference and between way, being happy and a free pass, Keith. Here's the deal. Late in the game, both Struce bailed him out the other night because of it, and it happened again last night, is late in the game in the fourth quarter and in both overtimes, the offense is standing around for the great majority of time, reverting back to watching Darius and Donovan go one-on-one, and they're, they're relying on bad shots right now. Like, bad decision-making. By the way, the way this game was forced to overtime, it was a bad foul by Jared Howard to foul nobody, Rosen on the three-point. Nobody disagreed with that. So nobody disagreed with that. Bad, okay, Ken, I'm worried about bad decisions and bad shot selection late in games, and in both overtimes last night it happened as well. I'm not worried if you're getting good shots and missing them, that happens, and I understand you're tired by the second overtime. But they're not even getting good shots right now because they're not moving the ball. Second game of a back-to-back. They're still figuring out their offense that, with Darius Garland that, what there. What does that have to I do mentioned, with the I mentioned I over and over, er, I, well, if you would listen to me, but you don't want to listen to me because, again, you've gotten used to winning Bad other habit. arguments. But they're playing a back-to-back. They're exhausted. Darius Garland's exhausted. You're He's coming excuse, back from injury. Uh, no, I'm telling you the truth. If you want to take it as an excuse, that's fine. But I'm telling you the truth. Maybe you could host it on your new podcast, Here's Kenny, the Deal, with the becoming, Marble Mouth of Crawford you're, County. You're becoming an excuse maker for this team. Uh, I, I think Michigan might have six losses next year. What do you think? 
That's I I don't disagree that they could lose four or five games. I don't know about six. But. Thank you for the call, Keith Britton. <laughs> Michigan going down in flames. Is that is that really how you want to win a championship? Your program is in disarray. You lose your coach. You lose all the players. Suspensions, fighting, fines. We should have asked him about oh, Jawan Howard. Great national championship. He'll swing on somebody allegedly. You know when Ohio State wins a national championship, they're good every year after. Michigan sold their soul to the devil. 216-474-0092. And a great moment. Yes. A great moment last night. Do we have time for off. it now? Yes, to finish yeah, off about uh, last The voice night. of the great. Browns last night holding court in a way, I think, if you watch the video, you'd certainly get emotional. It was a, a great moment. We have audio from WKYC Channel 3. Big day, everybody. My last radiation treatment, 25 up, 25 down. What a team I had. What an honor. Ring the bell three times. Good for Jim. Jim Donovan completing Jim. his treatments. It was great to have him at the end of the season again make his triumphant return to the radio booth uh, because it was it was obviously a tough situation. He couldn't come to some of the games because of those treatments. Uh, battling leukemia, right, Kenny? Yep. And uh, uh, he looks great. Yep. In fact, his hair grew back even better. I, You know, for me, I need advanced goy. That's the best Jim Donovan's the hair best, has ever looked. The thing well, about, that's a nice how do you do. He never mentions the hair either. That's the it thing. Looks he doesn't stupendous. mention this. It. It's very, very good stuff. Great lettuce, as they'd say. Yeah. And he never mentions it. It's, it's understated. But that Congratulations. Was very, that, that was awesome. He's great. To see that. And, and, and damn, he looks great. He's great. He is excellent. That is very good news to see. Saw that this morning. I texted him. Hopefully, I didn't wake him up. Very, very good to see. We love Jim, and it's fantastic to see that. Is that it for about last night? That's it. That's it for about last night. Coming up at 820, Mary Kay Kabat of the K Kabats will join us on the show. We'll talk combine with her and bad body language fines. Because when you walk into the building, you better have the right attitude over at 76 Lou Groza Boulevard. Ken Carmen, Anthony Lima, live on the fan. When you walk into the building at 76 Lou Groza Boulevard, you better have good attitude and you better look like you have a good attitude mary Kay cabin at 8 20 on the morning yesterday um uh, hold on hold on Ken. hold on you're just what? gonna ignore the elephant in the room maybe we have one of our bosses just call in say the show is being soft then he got argumentative with us because i guess we're supposed to say that last night was like what most well, embarrassing not, loss in i'm recent just not history. gonna be his robot for his terrible takes I, he, again he can host he can host Here's the Deal with the Marble Mouth of Crawford County, an Odyssey podcast if he would like to. Apparently, uh, people, All right, people don't like us anymore. They like Keith because they got people on the phone lines lining up to agree with him. 216-474-0092. Fine. All right, here we go. Sal in Cleveland. Am I being hey, too soft? Doing today? Hi. Yeah, I, I, I do. My, my point is, and I love you guys. And I, and I you don't need to qualify it. We know you love us. Thank you very go. much, Sal. But, but let me have thing. it. Come on. Okay, I'll let me have it. The Mavericks went to Toronto last night and just took care of business. That's what good teams do. Also, we have the two best big men on the floor last night. Supposedly, Jared Allen's playing great. We think Evan Mobley's going to be good. And we got out-rebounded by 30-some rebounds. It, it, it makes not, no sense to me. I'm not and, saying... Go ahead. Then one other thing real quick, yeah. right? and I'll hang up. Ah, fine. Ooh, Let's yeah. say we get the Knicks in the first round, and we have home court advantage, and we go up 2 nothing. Are you guys going to say, oh, we, you know, we don't care about James Green in New York. We just we just took care of business at home. I don't think it's it makes- not that we don't care, but teams definitely go, we got these two here, and if you give up one, why did Sal hang up? If you give up one, then that's it. 
who's probably tired of hearing your excuses for the team. I, I, I did not know. I mean, know. Dallas is a better team than Toronto. You know, back in my day, Kenny, when you won a game. Toronto's 22-37. Yeah, the Cavs are a better team than the Bulls. Oh, they are a better team than the Bulls, but the Bulls, how do, guys. And the Bulls were undermanned, too, so I get the annoyance a, of the loss. I four, understand that. It's a four-hour show. It's a four-hour show. We said yesterday, how many times did we say it? The Bulls are a try-hard team. The Bulls are a try-hard team. The Bulls are a try-hard team. Were they undermanned? Yes. For whatever reason, Kobe White is like scary Terry to us, and I don't understand that either. That's annoying. I'm not saying that I'm a – no, I'm, I'm sick and tired of saying what I'm not saying. Let me tell you what I am saying is that I'm not going to sit here and overreact after a great win over the Dallas Mavericks. That's not what I'm going to sit here and do. That is silly for you. To, that's silly for me to do. There is nuance to basketball. There's nuance to a basketball season. So me sitting here going, I can't believe we 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 had all this goodwill build up, will build up, and then things went to hell. That makes no sense at all. That is typical and silly. Me sitting here yelling that there's no Sam Merrill or Craig Porter Jr. as one person wanted to highlight is with the charge doesn't make sense when you're trying to figure things out with still 24 games left to go. You know what that is? That's the equivalent of the play-calling argument. Well, this play worked for a first down, so they should run that every single play. Why didn't they run that play that's for a first down? Well, they lost two yards on this play. Why did they ever run it again? Why did they ever do that? Well, Sam Merrill, we, were, we won nine games in a row with Sam Merrill. We were playing the Washington Wizards on back-to-backs, but we won nine games in a row with Sam Merrill. Why aren't they playing the Washington Wizards, and why aren't they playing Sam Merrill? I mean, do you understand how dumb I would sound yeah. if I sat here and did that after they won against the Dallas Mavericks the way they won? I wonder if the— I, I'm holding myself to a standard. I wonder if the greater issue sake. here with the Cavs is you have— uh, Yes, I'm in a shoot. You, you have two separate factions of the fan base. You have a faction of the fan base that wants to enjoy the journey— Right, but there's a faction of the fan base that, because we had so many incredible NBA Finals runs with LeBron, like you traded for Donovan Mitchell, the standard is no. You, we're we're talking about needing to contend for Eastern Conference Finals, and who knows what happens. Does then. it sound like I'm enjoying the journey right now? I was trying to enjoy it. By, it sound by, like I'm enjoying by, the journey by loving what happened the other night. I was trying to enjoy that because it was a regular season game. Are we supposed to treat it like a Super Bowl? No, no. but we are supposed to treat it like an elevated game because you only have so many of those in your life, baseball, basketball, football. How many regular season games in your life had the feeling of that one? So the Cavs got – I wanted my, that to stay. Let me get my book out here. So the Cavs got Detroit on Friday. Then they have the Knicks on Sunday. That, that's, a, that's a big one. Even okay. the Knicks are wounded, but that is a big one. Then they got Boston. Okay, so they're home against Boston on the 5th on Tuesday. And we're all going to be watching that Say one. Say they win the next three in a row. So on Wednesday morning – Okay, on Wednesday morning, if they beat Boston, right? Say they look good doing it. They beat Boston. How many people are going to remember that I'm sitting there ripping on the Cavs, which are a team that's capable of winning all three of these games, obviously? How many people are going uh, to remember that? And if I don't, if they don't win that game, then we'll talk about it. But I'm not going to stick my freaking foot in my mouth just to make some people happy and let them have their, their pound of flesh over a long basketball season. No, I'm not doing that. There is nuance to all of this. I've been as mean to the Cavs this year as I've been in my life. Probably not, but still as I can remember. I've been mean-spirited at times. I've questioned a lot of things. But damn it, they played really well the other night. They deserved to win that game. They did win that game. Yes, it was a 59-foot buzzer beater that does require some luck to happen. That's not lost on me. But good God. 
Yeah, they got out-rebounded. They didn't play that great. They didn't play that great. And it took double overtime for them to lose. So they played with their food, and they lost a game against a team that they are better than on the second half of a back-to-back, which they've won plenty of second halves of back-to-backs. And that's just the fact of the matter. So, okay, I'll, I'll call for JB to be fired and say that Kobe Altman, he's he's hiding behind the screens again as the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, this could be I'm a, not going to do that uh, again. Because, again, they're going to do Coach of the Year based on the regular season, just like the NFL, and JB is right up there among the best. I, I have to look at the odds for JB, but I, I, he's been getting buzz on the national shows. So I, I wonder if this is just another one of those where he wins Coach of the Year, but they don't go where you want him to go in the playoffs, and so people want him gone. Because we got a lot of that during the football season. Gone it. Now I can't even talk about the bad body language fines. You want to talk about the bad body language fines? Play the audio. Kevin Stefanski, apparently they have bad body language fines with the Cleveland Browns. Hit it. We have a BBL fine in in the quarterback room, a bad body language fine. So so we talk, we coach it. Uh, We we never want to see a player on the field going like this. There's a palms up fine. Uh, So certainly how you carry yourself specifically at that quarterback position is important. And I think, as as you know, and there's experts at this more so than I, but everything you're doing, you're you're saying something even when you're you're not saying it verbally. So uh, we certainly coach our players up on it. And then with these type of environments, I mean, it's hard. Uh, These... uh, the speed dating of, of this all is, is strange for these guys as they come in and you have 20 minutes to make an impression. Uh, so we try to be, you know, give them grace in that regard and, and try to just really find out about them. Uh, so try to put them at ease as much as you can. Is that so, fair? Yeah. So what did he call it? The BBW fine? Uh, I thought this was really interesting. No, no. That's BBL a, in the quarterback. Oh, BBL, okay. I'm going to tell you right now, there ain't that's, no BBW fine around else. these parts. That's something else in my mind. So, Kenny, I, I heard that. I heard that, and maybe I'm being soft again. I thought, yeah, okay, makes sense. Remember, Jim Schwartz was all about the loafing. They they wanted the defense to play, you know, with, with passion, with exuberance. Let them know about it. Dance afterwards. You know, talk your talk, walk your walk type of thing. I thought that was great. And then I went to social media, and I saw people calling him the the body language police, said this was micromanaging. You can't do this. Is this a, a violation of the CBA? Uh, could it be misinterpreted? I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it because I thought, yeah, it makes sense. You want guys to you, – you, you don't want things – remember uh, uh, this year with Josh Allen and, and Diggs? Mm-hmm. He had some bad body language walking off the field, and that yeah. became a huge story in Buffalo. We do that all the time. And so I thought he was trying to prevent that. So it made sense. Weren't people going after Deshaun Watson because he was talking to somebody on the sideline and laughing when the game was? Well, yeah. yeah, Or no, after the game, he was smiling with, uh, what, C.J. Stroud or something Mm -hmm. like that, and some people were upset with it. Well, I mean, we critique body language all the time as fans. We do, especially radio shows. And, and yeah, Yeah. we we probably do go overboard about it. But there's the coach saying he's going to do it. And I I thought to myself, like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. And there were some people who said, you're going too far. This is going to turn off players. If you start, if you start nickel are, and diamond are on, they for body the ones, language. Oh, wait a minute. Are the I need to know if the players are the ones doing it. Like Kevin Stefanski, is he walking around going, he didn't have a smile on his face yeah. at seven in the morning or a scowl? I don't know what's important to him. So I don't know if he's the one finding him. Are the players doing it? Like, are the is the leadership committee? They have a leadership committee. Is the leadership committee finding the other players? Is Anthony Walker Jr. walking around going, I oh, don't like the they puss got, on his face. He's got to f- pay 500 bucks. They got the eyes in the sky. They got cameras all over the facilities. Yeah, they do. D- he did not specify, is that a player's thing? Is that a yeah, leadership sure. committee? Yeah, I don't think he 
went into too specific on that. I want to be the bad body language police. Something I could be good at. <laughs> yes, I want to walk around that building like the Turk. That's what now I. Want. That's something Keith could do. We do that all the time. Your wife does that to you before you start. Even if you don't even want to start an argument, your your body language will start an argument. We do that in real life all the time. Let's not be so sensitive as fans. And fans do that constantly. Not a big deal. Two one six four seven four double zero ninety two eight twenty. Mary Kay Cabot. I ask her if that's a player thing or the coaches do that. That might actually make all the difference. That might make a little bit more difference there because if it's the other players doing it, it's like, well, you know, that's the leadership committee. If it's the coaches, mm, we could discuss that. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That coming up at 820 this morning. And up next, the reason why I actually need to know who's running the offense. There is a part where it's important to know this early. Ken Carmen, Anthony Lima, take us with you to work on the free Odyssey app. There is one thing that's important to know about who's running the offense for the Cleveland Browns. One little thing. It's not, it's not huge, but it is something for fans' conversation point that makes it a very important thing. Mary Kay Cabot going to join us at 820. Oh, and you got something over there? Because yeah, I don't so have it in front of me. Go ahead. Cleveland Police tweeted out six minutes ago, please avoid I-90 East due to icy road conditions. Multiple motor vehicle accidents. I'm seeing I-90 East before Carnegie. I-90 East before Carnegie. So yeah. be careful uh, while you're out there it in the says roads. all lanes closed right now. So even if you're trying to push through, probably not going to make it there. Was it bad on the west side this morning? No. No, it, it hadn't did started. Start nope. snowing probably. Oh, my God. Uh, 6 a.m. <laughs> it started snowing. I didn't even see that. I turned another clip on. I, I saw that that car out there is covered. That was up there with the the blue heron. <laughs> I turned around. I go, oh look at that. Whoa, look at that one! I swear to God, it's in the backyard right now. They have not been back since that. They heard that you. Spring. You blew They're their COVID cover. Birds. They have not been back. Like that was the spring and summer of the blue heron, and they are gone. Notorious COVID birds. They're oh, yeah. known for it. Yeah, you'll yeah. never see them. I'm still looking for that bald eagle back there, and I can't find that damn bald eagle. Come on over. 
No, it's we got them over here naturally, guys. Dude, it's we gotta had naturally. Last week, well, actually, the other day when it was warm, forty people standing in the playground of the elementary school looking at bald eagles. Man, that'd be. Well, that might get kind of weird with everybody there. Yeah, it's there. pretty bad. Yeah. There are a lot of telescoping lenses. You don't know what they're shooting. Okay. Well, hopefully we don't ever have to worry about something like that. Either way, moving on there, but be careful. 90 East by Carnegie there. Uh, Apparently, it's just an ice rink out there, and I had no idea what was going on right behind me out here. Again, Mary Kay at 820 this morning. Uh, There is one thing that Kevin Stefanski was asked about who's in charge of the offense. Have they decided who's in charge of the offense? And as Kevin is wont to do at the Combine or any other place, he gave his typical non-answer. I think where we are right now in our looking at the offense, putting it back together, I don't know if that decision's important right this minute, so I'll let you know as soon as uh, I've made a decision. Well, that decision is important. Uh, you have to know what you're doing going in, and you, you have to have a plan going in. And I know that the players, because the league year hasn't started yet, so the players aren't in there, but uh, you, you want to know what you're doing going into it. I don't believe that. I, I, I believe that they have themselves a plan. Uh, and you asked me what the advantage of was not telling us, and I'll, and I'll tell you that here in a moment. The reason I kind of do want to know, it's not from a, all right, they're going to run this. But somebody asked me about the backup quarterback and whether or not, I think it was maybe Mitch, where it was, do you rather, is it rather do you get a veteran hand as the backup quarterback or do you get a guy that fits the style of the offense? Well, if I don't know the style of the offense and I don't know the type of quarterback that they're going to necessarily get. Now, the quarterback that they get as a backup quarterback, the veteran that they were to bring in, might tell us, who's running the offense. Because if you have a, like if you bring in Jacoby Brissett, Jacoby Brissett is a, well, while we had the the one off season where everybody thought he was a mobile quarterback and you and I had to keep going, he ran a 4-9-40. He is a drop back, let her fly passer. He'll let the pocket surround him, be protected and let it go. If he becomes the backup quarterback again, Anthony, that tells me that Kevin Stefanski might be calling the offense and running the offense because then Hey, if, if worse comes to worse and we have to go on from Deshaun Watson because of injury, let's get a guy in here who's just going to do his best to eliminate turnovers and push the ball down the field, matriculate it, and get, get first downs and get some points on the board. Like, that's what it is. If it is maybe Ken Dorsey, well, Ken Dorsey's experience is Cam Newton and Josh Allen and you know Dorian Thompson-Robinson's there, and obviously he can get out there and scoot. And you have Deshaun Watson, he can get out there and scoot. So maybe you get another guy who can get out there and, and explore the space with his legs, and maybe that's more of a Ken Dorsey style. I, I the only th- thing I'm trying I to I think put it's a there. great theory because we're Thank all you. we're all sitting here. At first, I didn't I didn't think it mattered, and then hearing you, it does make sense, right? He's coached. You brought up Cam Newton yeah. and Josh Allen, and they play the game a certain way. Mm-hmm. And so, what? How would that? crossover here with the Browns. And then I wonder sometimes. But I don't know how many backup quarterbacks out are out there like yeah. that. The guys you I, might get excited about and say, this is, we're good yeah, with the offense in this guy's hands. I'm not sure how many guys are like that. I don't know. We've gone from thinking backup quarterbacks don't matter and your season's over if you go to them to now, now teams can make the playoffs with backup quarterbacks. And if they have to do spot starts or if they have to be there, you know, one to two to three well, games. If your roster's good, then a backup quarterback matters because you should be able to plug them in and play. I mean, that's... And with seven playoff spots, yeah. I, I agree with you. You just saw what went down with the Browns last yeah. year. The 2017 Browns, it did not matter who the backup right. quarterback was going to be. Yeah, when your team is, is, is horrific. <laughs> no, it didn't, um, didn't matter. You know, uh, the, the Jets, you know, could the Jets have made the playoffs last year if they had 
a better situation or well, Joe Flacco if he was protected. Was so good, yeah. I know a co- honestly, I know a couple of Jets guys and they were bitching their ear off every day about Joe Flacco. Like, yeah. why didn't you guys hold on to Joe Flacco? And I thought the same reason but for I, Joe Flacco was the same reason for us. I wonder sometimes too, though, if we we pigeonhole coaches just based on we pull up their bios, we we look who they've coached, and then we act like Ken Dorsey doesn't watch the rest of the NFL and couldn't couldn't install an offense because we really don't know. I don't know the guy personally. Yeah, so he's I don't know. forty-two. He's been in Buffalo on two separate stints. You know, it's it, yeah. it, we don't know who these guys are studying, what they're doing in their downtime during the offseason when they're trying to learn, what camps they go to, and what coaches they associate with, and and their mentors, and you know that wealth of knowledge that they they might actually have. You know, we when Stefanski came here, we thought, all right, Kevin Stefanski is coming from what? What school of football? The, the Kubiak, Kubiak yeah, the Kubiak, Shanahan. Shanahan football. But then what was funny was when the 49ers made the Super Bowl this year, it gives you two weeks to unearth all the stories about the coaches and the assistants. And I remember, I don't know if it was Mina Kimes or whoever it was, I think it was, who said Shanahan is no longer running the Shanahan system and, and, and pointing out that he's completely changed. These guys evolve fast. They evolve very, very well, when fast. When you get a guy like Christian McCaffrey, it makes you start to evolve in a little different way, right? Yeah, right. To. And and let's think about you have to this evolve year. by the type of talent that you have because, like you saw Kevin Stefanski, and that's what made the job so impressive is that you had to bring in guys off the street in certain situations, and this is also true for Jim Schwartz because of the defense. And completely change gotta, what they were doing. Yes, you have to do things that suit their strengths. Go ahead. They I were doing. Think about how I I did not like in the offseason because I was I was trying to think. when Actually, it was during the season when they talked about Flacco. I'm like, well, wait a second. Stefanski is running the system with Deshaun Watson, and now we've got to completely pivot. That's not going to work for Joe Flacco. And it worked, and it worked, and it showed – you know what? These coaches and these staffs and these buildings are good enough, at least here in Cleveland now, we can say that, which we never could say before, that they can handle installing a completely different offense once Joe Flacco comes in and have that work. And yes. I thought I thought that was a credit to them, but it also shows that maybe we in our minds are too stubborn. We are stubborn, and we don't think they're capable of doing something that they clearly were. Well, honestly, because we're not really capable of that. We get comfortable in things. And, and I said it's an educated guess. It's an educated guess by us. It's an educated guess by Brian and Brunswick, for all we know. I mean, you guys are I, – I know I know Ken Dorsey as well as you guys do. I don't know him at all. So, I, you know, it's a we, – we can only go back on their own history. And I think guys do have the tendency to change, and we don't even notice because we go back to things – we always want to go back to things that are comfortable. Most people want to live in a comfort zone, and that's fine. But we always go back to those gold standards. Like even myself, when we talk about football, hey, let's go back to running the ball. Let's go. It's what we know. Let's go back to running the ball. Let's get downhill. Let's keep the ball in our hands. Let's work the clock. Let's get some first downs, and we'll win this game in a phone booth. Like that's always my type of mentality going back to what I know because it's what you grow up with. It really is. If, I, if, if you and I were from you know, Hot Springs, Arkansas, or Texas, or something like that, where they're going to run five wide and we're going to get crazy with it, you know, maybe that's what I know. So it's a little bit different on that sense. You asked me, though, do they know, yes, I think they know, who's going to run this offense, and what's the advantage of not telling us? The, the thing that I can think of, it's not the only thing I can think of, but I'm thinking of right now. The advantage, quote-unquote, of not telling anybody is that, well, we haven't got the schedule out just yet, and everybody's doing everything to try to get an advantage on your next opponent. If you tell everybody who's running the offense – 
do you get a do you get like an early jump on somebody and go back and and watch a Ken Dorsey offense in I mean, Buffalo? They're doing or, that anyway right now, right? It's yeah, probably. I mean, probably February. yes. Yeah, but, you'd like to think. But if it's, you can, and it's their extra day of the year. But I if mean, you, but if you confirm, but it's if you a leap year, Ken. That's true. I don't think you you considered all of that ahead of time. If this it is weren't a leap, leap year. if it weren't a leap year, would the weather be as bad today as it is? Two one six. Just made me think, how are people capitalizing on leap year around Northeast Ohio? What are you doing with your extra day? You're looking at it. Um, Boy, you'd hate to you'd hate to go out and like do something really bad today. It doesn't count. And then it'd be like, well, shoot, if we wouldn't have had this February 29th, I'd be out of jail. Mike Tomlin got his cats and baskets calendar and he said, what are we going to do on the 29th? Oh, well, they got Ken Dorsey in Cleveland now. Let's go ahead and go through some of those old yeah. games. Well, we didn't have time for it. Before. I remember the story. I'm going to do story time here. This is going to turn nitty gritty here in a second. I'm sorry. Jimmy Johnson told a story. He was watching the news. They had just arrived for the Super Bowl. They get into the hotel. He's watching a local news thing, and they show B-roll from Jim Kelly and the offense of the Buffalo Bills practicing a shovel pass and he just saw it like he looked up and he goes they never done that and so they went back and they looked at all the bills tape they had never done a shovel pass and they attempted four shovel passes in that super mm-hmm. bowl and they cut it off every time including making thurman thompson thurman thompson thurman thomas fumble the ball on one of those shovel passes like that's how crazy these guys are mm-hmm. so it's not like hey we're just gonna let you in and let you know everything no 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 so there is some gamesmanship where media members will roll their eyes and say, just tell us. What is it? Just tell us. Eventually we'll know. But they're not going to tell us now because, yes, these these are very paranoid men and they're crazy. So I guess we just have to deal with it there. It might be annoying to us, but that's what it is with the offense. And I think we might find out. I got to see what type of backup quarterbacks there are out there because most of the guys who keep jobs in the NFL yeah. as backups are, hey, can you not turn the ball over as much? Do you know how to run an offense? Can you just tamper and can you down be and good get... in the building? Yes. yes, especially if you got young quarterbacks. Yes. That's always a, a huge factor. But with the game changing as much as it is, we will be finding more and more guys who are more athletic quarterbacks who are backups than the classical drop back quarterback before. Because obviously the the game's getting younger, the the position's getting younger, so that that's what it is. I wasn't as annoyed with Kevin Stefanski as a lot of people were. I know you weren't as annoyed with the non-answer with Kevin Stefanski as a lot of people were just because, I mean, you find these things out as time goes on. They're very paranoid. We just have to deal with it to some level. Mary Kay Cabot going to join us at 820. Again, I want to warn everybody. Uh, I, 90 East at Carnegie. Apparently, I'm yeah, getting a bunch of like texts. It's the a, Interbelt Bridge. Interbelt shut basically down. shut down right now. Okay. So, so if if you're on the – it's – West going east. So if you're on the west side, just go get on the shoreway or something. So call work and uh, tell them you're going to be late and turn on the fan. Take us with you to work on the free Odyssey app. If you ever get to work, and hopefully if you're out there on the roads, you're nice and safe and sound, and hopefully you'll get there when you get there. 216-474-0092. Coming up next, the only place I know where everyone worked there loved it was WeWork, and that was a scam. The NFL has no chance. Mary Kay Cabot joins us at 8.20 this morning. Did you see the Steelers media getting upset? Oh. Broke the rule. <laughs> I don't I broke you the rule. Say I, I don't want to go back to Pittsburgh. Thank, thank, thank you. Now I'm nervous. Now I'm nervous that I'm I don't want you to not tell the stories 
of Pittsburgh that are entertaining to our fans just based on my criticisms of the station. Well, I'm not, I, but I'm not, I'm not criticizing the Steelers in this case. Okay. I don't know the story. So the NFLPA grades came out. We have FML at 745 where Lima set me up for failure with school children. And uh, Mary Kay Cabot going to join us at 820 this morning. But And be careful on the way to work today. Take some extra time. It is terrible outside, out of nowhere. It's an ice rink. Be careful. Austin Love texted me. He goes, it, we, no one's moving. They basically shut down the, the bridge. Um, so be careful out there. Yeah, we're here in 480 now, too. Yeah, yeah. so just uh, if you can work from home today or you can whatever, or you can just get in later, get in later. Hopefully everybody's going to understand. The NFLPA grades came out. First off, I don't think anybody cares. <laughs> I don't think fans care. I don't think they care. I, uh, I, I see this and I go, guys, because I saw, and the reason I bring up the Steelers, somebody did a side-by-side of the building that they're in. And the Steelers locker room is a giant room with wooden lockers. It says Steelers on the carpet. And that's it. The room is just a large open space. And then they went side-by-side. This is at Acrisure Stadium. And the Pitt Panthers locker room is opulent. LED lights, screens, everything you would think of in a top quality college football program locker room. And people are going, you're doing Cruton, you got to do that. Exactly. I'm going, are you guys stupid? Guys, to take a line from Don Draper, that's what the money's for. I'm paying you a lot of money because this is a workplace. Now, there are certain things that. Hey, if we want to talk about free daycare for the players because 30 of 32 teams, as Kevin Clark highlighted, all right, I guess two of the other teams could go ahead and do the free daycare mm-hmm. like the other teams do. Well, remember, but, remember, real quick, the Yankees, I know different sport, yeah. we found out that the Yankees were not catering uh, for the, – the players had to pay for their own meals on the flights, and it was like the humanity. And I think the Yankees were like, hey, we pay for everything else. Yeah. At some point, at some point, come on, guys. I mean, there's guys with $300 million contracts on there. You, you can pay for some of this. That, that's, that's again, this is what the money's for. You have a, if you have a person who just got out of college and they're knocking down $26,000 a year, I do feel a bit different for the employee, obviously. But if, if I know your contract and I can look it up on SpotTrack, I'm not going to take as much sympathy with you. It's just that simple. It's, it's very fair. And, guys, like, I, hate to, I hate to kiss our own ass here. If we look at what the studios have in Pittsburgh at 93.7, or the studios in I'm gonna end up in a meeting. I'm gonna later, stay on this conversation. Care. Go yeah, ahead. You go I'm ahead. gonna turn off my mic. The studios in Pittsburgh at 937. You might want to leave. Or actually. the studios at Philly, New York, or Detroit. I would say we're number four. And the stuff uh, as, right, as, hey, our as our studios look. As our studios look. Between just those not, four. I'm just not naming other cities. Where yeah. are we in, in the Barrett rankings? But we're number the one. The Barrett facility rankings. Our, You're talking right now. But, oh, sorry. but our station is number one in those rankings across the country. That's where we're at. So obviously they're doing some right. So do I need all the other opulence? Technically, no. And I would look at our bosses and they go, well, some of that is, that's what the money's for, Ken. That's what that's for. Like there's certain things you need to have to do your job, but do I have to have all this other stuff? No. And it's the same thing. Like that's, it's not college football. It's not high school. This is a workplace. And there's certain places that, yes, have more things than some of the other places. And when the Brown situation got brought up, I did not realize how small the locker room is. Did not know. If I were to look at the – so I looked at the Chiefs facility, 
last night. I looked at the Patriots facility last night. These are very large spaces. The Browns have just bought a whole lot of space over there in Berea, Middleburg yeah. Heights. I'm not sure how well, they the do it. Two-story locker room in that yeah. new facility. But it, it is a it is a very small area of land that they actually have to work with compared to some of the other teams of the NFL. So yeah, they have a 50 yard they have a 50 yard uh, field house, not a hundred yard field house. And yeah, the locker in the weight room, yeah, is out in the field house because they had moved it out there for COVID, and they actually had more space out there. Yes, some of that stuff is probably so going to be changed, know. but they don't have enough space. Yeah, well, they and they talked about it. I mean, they, they they're clearing space in Berea. But is that yeah? They're is obviously stop them from winning it, the the division over the last. It always years? it always amazed me because I I covered college football a few different places. Not I mean Syracuse. Syracuse right. is like bottom of the barrel. And I'm like, why are their facilities better than the Browns? And obviously, Ohio State. I've been at Woody Hayes. I've seen everything. And now they've since I've been there. My God, they've they've done so much more. And then you realize, oh yeah, college football needs to have better facilities because they need they did before NIL. They needed to make sure they had the best of the best to recruit players. And NFL doesn't need that. They have money. I asked you <laughs> they the other day, money. is that going to change over yeah, time? Yeah, it, it, like, it might. LSU has sleeping pods in their lockers. Like you can you can take a nap and the whole thing. I mean, it's basically a trucker cab. And is that going to change here over the next decade? Where it's like, hey, you know, especially with pay for play, which will probably end up happening, and they'll turn them into employees. Like, guys, you're getting paid a lot of money. Like we had, we can't just we can't keep asking donors for the cash. It's not always going to be there. You're so getting I, paid. You get this. So I'll say, I never, I you know, looking at it now, when Kansas City is at the bottom of the barrel and Cincinnati's at the bottom of the barrel, I mean, that was your AFC Championship game, what, consecutive years. So clearly there's no real correlation between success and this. Players are going to take the opportunity, just like any employees, yes. to bitch when you get a survey, unless you think, you know, the man is paying attention and taking inventory of who you are. Um, you know, when you fill out those surveys, you know, you get a little loose. You you, you start you start telling some uncomfortable. Well, is it is it bitching if you have yeah. a multiple choice question that you've been yeah. given? Like they're not going in and writing paragraphs about each thing, right? They're they're taking. Yeah, a, I don't know how it looked. I, I think this didn't seem like they had poll. any any actual open ended questions where people were filling right. out. You heard what I just said. How many people? You heard what I said about our own studio in here. How many people love the place they work? I mean, how many people really, like, you might like your bosses. You, you may be lucky and like your boss. You may be lucky and have a good, fair, as much. I'll tell you guys this right now. As much hell as I give Keith, I know exactly where Keith stands, and I respect the hell out of him. I really like uh, Keith. Giving Keith a free pass. But this is it. There it is. That's what he's one, known for. One free pass. Free pass Ken today. This is the way it <laughs> works today, clearly. I, I respect Keith, so there's a lot of understanding. I don't have to sit there and bitch about the walls all the time here in this studio. And there's a lot of things that's like, hey, we, we you just got to get the job done. Do you and think that's a workplace for it, me? For all them. right, we know that the the Browns have all their individual smoothies and training camp, and we were like, wow, that's pretty cool. That that JOK, I used to joke that he needs to get a little more protein in there, but you know they they get exactly what is programmed for them for their specific needs. And I'm like, no, that that seems good. And then you find out, well, every every team is kind of doing that yeah, stuff. You have to. I know that the Browns have people on the staff that their job is to to find the best practices to make sure that yeah, we see the finished product on the field on Sundays. What about the whole week? What is a way from training camp to to the end of the season that you can keep guys the healthiest? That you can keep guys the most in football shape? Yeah. All of that stuff is studied. 
Have, have do you think NFL I think teams the Browns have done that? And well, apparently, according to this, it, it seems that do the we, players believe that. So do we think it matters in the end? All that research oh. have we found? Be- because the NBA for years did everything they could to find out, and I've read extensive reports on this to find out when it comes to sports and your your physiology and and to make sure you can uh, perform at optimal levels when it counts. And now we just found out that we found out load management didn't work at all. It didn't work for years. Mm-hmm. So they th- that stuff ended up being unfounded. Like they did all the research. They passed it over to the teams. They said, we're going to hold our players out more games. And then they found out this doesn't help with injury prevention no, at all. It doesn't. So I, isn't, that, isn't that pretty amazing yeah, that but, that much money was spent on all yes. that? And it turns out we didn't learn anything. And my whole thing is, is that I, I know that J.C. Treader did this as a way to, to hold. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hold teams accountable. And as a players' union uh, president, you should do that. As a, as a president of organized labor, you should. I just don't think fans care. I do not yeah. think they care. Like Kevin Stefanski was asked about the NFL PA grades and a new weight room being built. Here's what the head coach of the Browns had to say. Every year you have to be open to everything information-wise. I'm happy to tell you guys we're building a new weight room. So we know that that's an area that we want to get better. I take input from our players. Uh, I feel really strongly about our leaders, our leadership committee, uh, my office downstairs. The door is always open, and that will never change. And Stephen Berea, who is stuck in park on 480 East to 77 North right now, does not care. Thank you for listening, Steve. Steve doesn't care. He's got his own job to worry about. These are these are paid professionals. That's what they are. And I don't think but you there, care. Are, is there an element of fans out there that they want the owner to spare no expense? And we've always been told that that Haslam does and the stuff that matters. Um, certainly salary cap stuff. I mean, we've heard a lot of people say that. Do you think there are fans out there, Kenny, that want us to be number one in all those areas because they think it will help in attracting free agents It'll help in in making sure we have the best assistant coaches and that it will turn no. the Browns, which were a laughing stock for so many years, 0-16, 1-15, all those seasons, that if you get all of those things up to the top no. 
of the profession, nope. of the industry, that it will help nope. with your reputation. Honestly. Because fans are so nervous about the reputation the, of the Browns always. The Browns' ownership pays for players. We have notoriously, even with the learners, have overpaid for free agents. And you could take it right now and switch our facilities with what they have in Cincinnati, which is basically a soccer bubble that you have to cross the street over uh, under an overpass for crying out loud. But we offer more money. So guess where they're going to go? That's all there is to it. I mean, am I going to take $2 million less because you have a nice weight room? How stupid that would sound to my family? It's a job. Well, we have this tweet from Cam Justice, and it says weaknesses are treatment of family, locker room, weight room, travel. Those are not the weight room maybe is the one thing that affects the on-the-field play. The strengths are the head coach, the ownership, the strength coaches. Which still, as he had like a, a B minus, somehow right. put him at 28th, which I guess a lot of people have their, their head coaches right there. But when you come yeah, down to all, all the head coaches yeah. that were bad got fired last year. Yeah, but a lot of it is, hey, it's a – like if I bring my kids here, like I'm responsible for my sons. They're, they're not just going right. to – Hey, yeah, Tom's going to watch your sons. No, that's my responsibility. So it's it's a job. I don't quit here because my wife didn't go to the holiday party yeah, last year. Yeah, it d- doesn't. My wife didn't go to the holiday party either. Actually, I didn't. wasn't well, able to go to the holiday party. I don't think anybody's out. wives were supposed to go to the holiday party. And then there I was, uh, not only with my wife and baby Izzy. It was a good look for you. And good... I was wondering, what could that possibly be? It was a good I was move. trying to, to you know, personalize me a little bit more. I know my reputation. Worked out, out well. Uh, Kevin Stefanski was also asked in a sidebar about one of his employees, and one of those are Elijah Moore. And hear what he had to say about Elijah's performance. He had a career year, uh, and I think that was for a reason. I feel really strong about him as a player. As you know, when you are moving different quarterbacks in there, that can uh, affect it. You, know, you look at the Jets game where Amari's out, and Elijah went right to the focal part and was making plays up and down the field before he got hurt. So I know what he's capable of. After a career year, we, we anticipate him even getting better. So is that an excuse for Elijah Moore? Big day for excuses here <laughs> in the fan. I do agree with him about Elijah Moore. Well, he's played in two places. He's played with how many quarterbacks combined? Like nine? Nine. In my <laughs> vigorous- Think about that. In, in well, your technically right. eight because Joe Flacco was one of those. Ah, there you oh, go. He got double up, but different ah, uniforms. Back up with him. No, he was a different Joe Flacco. It was pretty clear. He's a year younger. Yeah, that's true. true. The older and wiser one is the one right. Elijah Less Moore got experience. in Cleveland. He, he got that more experience. What do you think is now. the tippy top of Elijah Moore with Amari Cooper, free agent wide receiver X, whoever that might be, Curtis Samuel, somebody in there. And what do you think is the tippy top in terms of yards for Elijah Moore? I, so I, I don't think he's ever going to be close to, to – being the guy that was drafted where he was or traded with the assets that the Browns traded. I don't think he's going to be either of those those two things. I think he will always have a role in the NFL um, as being kind of what he ended up that the second half of the year for the Browns. I think that is his role. That's probably a number three on most teams. Um, in certain games, you know, he, he, can have, he can have pretty solid games, but I don't think he'll ever be what he was drafted to be. But – that doesn't mean he can't play in the league a long time. He's a 700, 800 yeah. yard wide receiver at yeah. the best to me. And if he does anything more than that, then I'll then I'll consider us blessed as fans. Now, do you believe that that's worth giving up a second round pick? No, you no might, I'd rather draft well, a guy. You might think that. I'd, no, I'd much rather draft. Hold on, draft a guy and have him on hold a rookie on. contract. But hear you him said, out. You said you yeah. Hear me out. You said he finished off the season strong. Yeah. 
that's when they needed him the most with all those different quarterbacks that they had. Isn't that right? And so did that change your mind? Did that help them get to the playoffs? Is that worth a second round pick? Would a rookie in the second round at that position maybe have done it? Maybe he would have. Maybe he would have. I have no idea. Maybe he would have. I'm asking that question. Um, no, no, there were so many receivers that hit the ground running immediately this year. And and you're seeing that more and more each year that, that rookies drafted, even in the second round, we've unfortunately drafted the wrong guys in the third round, um, to, to make immediate impact. They, they've had so many guys around. We've, we've been victimized by some of those wide receivers. Do you think Elijah Moore running the ball too much during the summer? I mean, that was a mistake. Maybe they did it out of necessity. So maybe this year they Decide, hey, we'll just let him play his position. I think and they not wanted learn a new one. I think you're right, but they wanted a wrinkle at the beginning of the season, and then when Nick went down, I think that they had to, they had to do that to free up Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford, I thought, yeah. got better as the season went on, and they had to free him up. And Elijah Moore, with that threat just coming in motion, was a was an effort. I don't think it actually worked, but it was an effort to free him up, especially with some of the injuries that you had across the offensive line as well. Coming up at eight twenty, Mary Kay Cabot going to join us on the show eight o'clock. Again, it's excuse day on the fan. Sometimes you just need a fix. FML, my life. My life. FML, fix my life. Kenny, what do we do? Fixing lives. My life. All right, so I think I screwed up the other day, even though I want to blame Ken for the screw up. It's not my my fault. It's your fault. So we had the beautiful 70 degree day two days ago, and we've got the. We got the baby screaming, so we gotta gotta take him on walks. She screams. Well, she's constantly. screaming, but you know this is this is the the newborn, it's three Sarah weeks old. Sarah screams too, and Sarah screams every yeah. day, every day. I was on the phone with Tone yesterday, and his daughter. I was like, jeez, I can't even get on the phone now. No. I mean, that's out. I can't watch she, sports anymore. She demands all your time. Can't do anything. So you just we, do the crossword. We we went out for a walk uh, to our favorite coffee place in the village. And as we were making our way back, it's so beautiful out, uh, the, the streets, the hustle and the bustle. I mean, it might as well have been New York City, Kenny. So many people out and about. That's and, why you moved to Bay Village. Yeah, my tiny hamlet. And so as we were going with double stroller. The Nantucket in Northeast Ohio. The, the doler, if you will, the double stroller. Yeah. We're making our way back. And Ken and I were talking about another radio show. And I had Ken on speakerphone. <laughs> and... My wife had heard that you can't guess which one. My wife had heard the segment <laughs> that Ken and I were 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 just we were we were enjoying that we we oh, not we only, loved it. We not only people people can question, you know, whether or not we're too critical of other shows. <laughs> they cannot question the loyalty of us for listening to those shows because we listen to them, and we were openly mocking the segment. Yeah. And not only do we listen to the show, we take to the phones to talk about the segment. We really love radio. We really do. <laughs> yes. And so I had Ken on speakerphone because Sarah, my wife, had heard the segment. That's how much I wanted her to hear you, the well, segment. Well, you didn't tell question. me. You didn't tell me. Tell so everybody had, what I did. We had Ken on speakerphone, and we're making our way down Dover. St. Raphael's had just let out, so there were at least 30 to 40 children that were all so happy to be outside Ooh, finally. Oh, first warm day of 2024. Oh, it was, it was like a summer day. We heard the birds were all back in town. They were chirping. It was amazing. And Ken went on a tirade, a a profanity laced tirade about the segment. <laughs> it was, it was. I mean, every single swear word you can imagine, all lined up perfectly. Not, whoa, hey, nobody, whoa, not every single one. Well, a lot of them. And, a lot of them. And nobody okay, swears let me like say Ken. Say a letter, and you tell me if he it's said just, it. Check, check, check. So 
Kenny's so great at swearing. You're the best I've ever heard. Thank you. You really are one of the best I've ever heard. I appreciate that. That's a And nice so compliment. Sarah is listening to Ken on speaker. I'm listening to Ken on speaker. And so are the 30 to 40 eighth graders from St. Raphael's <laughs> making their way past us. Oh, eighth me. graders? Yes. Well, then they're saying it, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you they definitely are. You didn't tell me. You got to tell me I'm on speakerphone, you ass. You got to tell. So what was your I, face when I, you walked by the kids? I, I started the sweats. I was already sweating because I was overdressed for the 70-degree day. To one point, I said, man, it's a little too hot outside. What? I told, told Ken that. Yeah. Ken said he had his air conditioning on. Yeah. Got to pump that AC. First day possible. Mm-hmm. The, the air's going. Well, and I, I'm up. bitching about it being too hot. Yeah. Imagine if I filled out one of those surveys for the NFL. Terrible. So, obviously, I shouldn't have had him on speakerphone. But Ken knew I was on speakerphone because he heard Sarah. I did not know. You did not tell me. I did not know. You didn't tell me. I heard Sarah in the background. I've heard Sarah in the background talk to you many times when you're on your AirPods and stuff like that. I didn't know it was like a three-way call with you two on speaker and then, because you know I don't even have AirPods. I won't wear them. Won't do it. So you're always on speaker, and you can hear Liz reacting to certain things if she's in the same room as me. And I and I and when I answer the phone, I say, hello, you're on speaker. I do that for you. you I do. do it for Hilber. With Cookie Pie, I do it for everybody. And so you know implicitly that I, but I did not know. And I always used to ask, especially on Sunday mornings, recapping the day before during my single life, and I'd be talking to somebody who was yes. involved in a relationship. I'd go, is this a secure line? Or if, fam- if it was at a family gathering, is secure this a line. secure line? Because anything I'm about to say uh, could could certainly put me at risk for, for any number of things. Did any of the children, was there any parents of the children no, no, around you? No, no, no. Uh, there, was, there was maybe a teacher who was also going to the coffee spot. And that was it. Uh, but they definitely heard because the reaction's on their face. Oh, my God. Well. First you, off, I think this is on you, Lima. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't dispute it. Well, you did for a second. You thought it was my fault for cussing. You I wondered how me. much share of the responsibility Ken had. Oh well, if I, I would have known, to say, Ken's probably still got at least twenty five percent share in this thing. No. Yeah. How you were talking to two parents? They were strollering their babies. They're adults. They're adults. The babies were right there. The babies Yo, don't understand Enzo what I'm saying. doesn't need to come into the world Babies don't that. understand what I'm saying. They're babies. That, his daughter won't well, understand for at least another Izzy is starting, alienating a key demographic for yeah, us. Yeah, right Izzy now. is starting to repeat. There, There is. Oh, oh God. Well, uh, you know what? I can't be held responsible. Is that why she gave the Cavs a free pass said. last <laughs> night? She too? did, and, and I thought she was soft. <laughs> I called her Charmin. So I did. I, I I probably let about six F-bombs, one <laughs> after another, in very good fashion. I mean, if you really want how I cuss, maybe you should go to YouTube and search the Bobby Knight locker room speech. It's pretty good. And that's basically how I sound. It's... To the point where my son actually thought it was me the first time he walked in on me. Playing. I could see that. I could see how oh, you Eli, think that... Eli thought it was I me. I do think if you were in a separate room from... Because I cuss as much as you probably. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you do. Oh, yeah. Uh I think if you're in a separate room from the individual you're talking to, you have to tamper it down. I got to treat the phone like a mic. You don't cuss on air. If I would have, if you had I, to catch yourself, a I'll couple tell you times. this: if I would have seen his wife, if I was in the same room of his as his wife, I wouldn't have said any of them words. No, no, you wouldn't. No, yeah, you would I'm be not professional cuss in front of another man's wife. And you're good. No, you're good out and but about. But she was there, and you cussed in front of. And in fact, I've seen well, you. I didn't know she was there. I've seen you. That's why you wi- got a. That's why you got twenty five percent responsibility. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. I've seen you with all sorts of guilt, too, when you know you let one fly that you wish you wouldn't have. Feel real bad. Czar in Fairview Park. Hello. Well, actually, I took up residency on 990, so I moved. (laughs) That's why I'm not moving, so. Well, thank you very Uh, much for the call from your new home on I-90. Go ahead, Czar. Thank you very much. Uh, Ken, you are 0% responsible for that phone call. Thank you. Thank if you guys so talk like that normally on a daily basis, that's your normal conversation, <laughs> it's no big deal. Nobody bats an eye, nobody cares. You're on speakerphone, unaware, and you you go into your normal routine. That's on Lima. He should have told you. Now, he did know my wife was listening in. He did know that. I did not know that. On my kids, she was talking I did not know. about the segment I don't in know. question. I, again, I don't know. You you were talking about the segment, and then I heard her say something. I did not know she could hear me saying the words that I was yeah. saying. Now she thought know. she thought we were being a little too hard on Zar, Nick thank for a you. second. Did she understand the words that were coming out of your mouth? Wasn't that Demos and Shaker put the safety back on Demos? Hello, hello. Whether uh, Tony's wife knew or not that you were on the phone, it's up to him. He's the one. You can't control what's happening on his end of the phone. It is zero percent your responsibility, Ken. And I'm just a little. Just funny listening to your colleagues try to goad you into, you know, like working you up here because it's silly. Well, because he knows, that you he does know, and he's seen me before. I know he'll start to let him fly right here. We're going to have to. Oh, we know. He gets too comfortable. He Demos. knows that I, uh, he knows I feel guilty, though, if it's ever happened. So he knows that he can play well, on emotions. because you're a nice guy. That's Thank why. You. And, you, you, and you care about the children. <laughs> oh, I am a nice guy, and I do care about kids. Let's ask our seven that's former right. producers. It wasn't my fault. I think we lead the league least, in turnover there. At least I tell them the truth to their face, and I'll sit there and text Keith and me. What was that look, Mitch? Demos, thank you very much for agreeing with me. I tell Mitch, don't put me in that spot. No, 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 no. You want to get Double A back on the show? I'm sure he's sitting on I-92 at his new job. And I, hey, there were times, yes, I got, got driven out of the industry. I. T- I t- he's not out of the industry. He's doing something different in the industry. And I told him the problems that we had to his face. And he was more than welcome to tell me the problems he had with me to my face. You over there, well, let me let me text every Tom, Dick, and Harry out here and figure out. So some guessing game with you. Stop laughing. It ain't funny. All right, no more speaker phone calls with Ken. It's over. No, you have to do speaker phone calls with me. That's what it is. So just I'm letting we you know. Both, just let me know, you know in the future. Can, can you got to know that when you're not present in the room with that other person, you have some level of responsibility with it. All right, fine. Well, I we've will... done it before where we've been on speakerphone because maybe we're at the, one of the dealerships that we yeah. frequent. We'll, right. we'll, hey, somebody wants to hear. Right. I'm talking to Ken right now. Yeah. Here you go. And we'll do that. And then, you know, we're, we're aware that other people might be listening. So. You do exercise a little more caution. Uh, I did a poll. And right now, I said we gave a free pass to the Cavs yesterday, 950, for their game against Chicago. Are you giving them a free pass for it after the Mavericks win? So far, 
64%. And the numbers might be a little bit down here because, you know, it's the weather's bad and people might not be checking their phones. I said, are you giving them a free pass for it after the Mavericks win? 64% say no. And a lot of people are calling me soft right now. And it's not about making excuses for a bad performance. It's about keeping proper perspective over a good basketball team that I think the season just started for a lot of people a couple of nights ago. I think that's the first thing that a lot of people saw the first, excuse me, the first time they saw the Cavs in earnest, not on the peripheral for the first time all year. Yes, February 27th was the first time. 50-something games in was the first time some people actually sat down and paid attention to the Cavs. And they might be listeners, and I'm not coming after you guys for that. Lima has in the past, but I'm not because I'm a nicer guy than him, and I tell people when they're on speakerphone. But I think a lot of people are being silly and overreactionary towards a regular season game where we're starting to figure things out. 216-474-0092. Starting to figure things out for the postseason. Coming up at 820, Mary Kay Cabot. Up next, I gave you reasons for the loss, and I'll give you those reasons again. But all you apparently heard are excuses. So you figure it out. Are these reasons or excuses? Next on The Fan. That was Keith calling in the Marble Mouth of Crawford County. And I'm going to say it so many times that Andy's actually going to make him do it. He is the host of the new podcast, Here's the Deal, with the Marble Mouth of Crawford (laughs) County, Keith Britton. I didn't know the stakes were so high for last night's game. I had no idea. I had no idea myself. It was an official show stance. Owen had to think about it. I think he well, I got used to come to peer, peer pressure. Yeah, into it. Used yeah. to come to peer pressure. I, uh, by the way, be careful out there, everybody. It is nasty. They were showing footage on Fox Eight with a helicopter in the sky. People trying to make it up a hill at a ramp. I mean, it is not. It is not good out there. So take your time. I'm gonna get to these phones here in a moment because I think some people want to let let me have it. Maybe they agree with me. I'm not sure. Two one six four seven four double zero ninety two. I gave them a free pass. It doesn't mean I was thrilled and happy that they lost the game last night. I think there's reasons for it. I don't think my reasons are excuses. They play were coming off a of back to back. They were in an emotional game against the Dallas Mavericks the night before at home. They're on the road against Chicago last night. Yes, they got smashed at the glass. The offensive rebounding was terrible last night. Absolutely. They still had 40% of the threes, which is pretty good. And how many did they shoot? 54 threes last night, for yeah. crying out loud. Yeah. Now they played a double overtime game. But this is my problem with it, is that they lose that game last night against Chicago. And people are doing the same thing that they do with play calling in football with the Cavaliers. So why didn't Sam Merrill play? I got the one here on social media. Social media reactions on X, brought to you by and Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Why is, why is Craig Porter Jr., after he just got that contract, why is Craig Porter Jr. with the charge? I go, first and foremost, guys, we can't just sit there and look at these guys and say, well, that play, that play went for a first down, so they should always just run that play, which people do that. When you're bringing back Darius Garland, when you're bringing back Evan Mobley, other guys' minutes are going to diminish. Sam Merrill, thank you very much. You stepped up. We needed you. Darius Garland is the player who they've invested more in, and he's the better player overall. So they're going to give Darius Garland more minutes, and they're trying to get it figured out within the offense here. Some of this stuff you're going to have to accept if we're going to live through the rest of this season and not drive ourselves crazy. Some of this stuff is where they're going to try to figure it out. 
And they are trying to figure it out against Chicago, who might be a postseason opponent for them. And they're trying to learn from Chicago because they might be a postseason opponent for them. They're the ninth seed, for crying out loud, so they're not that far off. So if they see something against Chicago in a good matchup now that they can use later, they're going to do that. So honestly, it's chess, not checkers. If they lose tonight, but they win in a four-game series and a sweep against the Bulls later on, who's laughing? Yeah, in a weird and way, champions pose over a lot of people. In a weird there. way, Ken, we we both agreed it was a show stance the day before that we were going to give the Cavs a pass because we were elated with the victory. Now, obviously, we knew we all knew that had they have lost, there was going to be some reason they lost, and we were going to have to talk about it and decide whether this is something that's concerning going forward or not. You know, the Cavs are going to lose games the rest of the year, and they'll lose a few they're not supposed to. I don't think they're going to lose it to Detroit. But they're going to lose some games they're not supposed to. It's the NBA. Everybody, with the exception of the Boston Celtics right now, are losing games they're not supposed to lose. So I don't think we need to lose our minds, especially on the second night of a back-to-back. And yes, I know that also the Bulls, and they didn't have Caruso. They didn't have Levine. Patrick Williams out for the year. Not that he's that great to begin with. And they were on the second night of a back-to-back. And yes, I know the Mavericks won their game last night against Toronto, second night of a back-to-back. I get all that. I just am not going to lose my mind when the night before I was on cloud nine and I feel like the Cavs deserve a little more, they a little more enjoyment over an all-time victory that I think you're going to remember for a long period of time. It That's all I'm saying. It sucks that they played last night. It really does. I wish they would have played tonight. I wish they would have had a night yeah. off in between. Yeah. So, and this is about keeping myself honest. I have been critical of them and I called them the preschool Cavs before. I said, gosh, it looks like a Montessori school over there with this team over at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. And I've stood by those comments in the past. I do think they've played harder, though. I think they've played tougher. I think that J- Jared Allen has obviously turned a corner here and has played a lot stronger inside with everybody here. Now, last night was not a great night. Kobe White, for whatever reason, just has these games that he turns into a legend against us. It's concerning in that it's, it's bothersome. It's frustrating. But I have to look at this and say, guys... I got a game against Detroit in Detroit on Friday, tomorrow. I got the Knicks on Sunday. I got Boston, which is a big one at home. Should be an electric atmosphere on Tuesday night at 7 o'clock Two right biggies. here at the Fieldhouse. Two huge, These huge games. Huge, Everyone's going to be watching. Huge basketball games. And not just everybody here. Everybody around they, the NBA going to be watching So if games. they win the next three, what, what type of idiot am I going to sound like when I'm the guy on the air for four hours in a day sitting there calling them soft? Now, I know that they could lose those games. They could lose against Boston, be embarrassed against Boston, and you can call me up and say that I made a tremendous mistake back on Thursday. I'll accept that. That's fine. But damn it, I'm not going to lose my mind after they had a tremendous game against the Dallas Mavericks where they fought back from 10 down to get themselves in a position. Yes, in a position. And they made mistakes down the stretch. Darius Garland ran them into trouble. Lyman and I bickered about whether or not he was tackled. And there were plenty of basketball coaches who agreed with you going, why is he holding the ball out like that? And why is he so weak where he's in a position to have that ball ripped out like that? I mean, we fought about that. They put themselves in position to win that game. Yes, it takes a little bit of luck to get a 59-footer at the buzzer. But damn it, they were down by 10 with two minutes left to go. People were turning the TV off and going to bed. I'm being fair. Rodney and Litchfield, you're next up on the fan. Yeah, my my only gripe last night was, and maybe maybe you're talking about the strategy down the road. I would have fouled Drummond a lot more. I mean, the guy can't shoot free throws, and he was in the game at critical times. Maybe you could have, yes. Not, 
unless unless you're thinking the logic is we're going to do that in the playoffs. But to me, I think you got you know I I think if you're playing to win the game last night, I think Vickerstat made a couple errors. Just me personally, I'm, I'm I'm happy with the way they're playing, but I think there was some things he could have done differently. A big not a big fan of Mitchell and Garland in the court at the same time. Me personally, again. Rodney, thank you very much for the call. Well, it, sorry, you might not be a big fan, but that's what you're going to see. I'm really curious to see if there's a bit of a role reversal. And I, I, I we, we saw how comfortable somebody who's been a two-guard his entire life in Donovan Mitchell. We saw how comfortable he was playing point during that stretch when Garland was out with the jaw injury. And it was almost a revelation to some people. Like, hey, look at look at how he is able to get the ball to all the shooters, and now the Cavs have become all of a sudden one of the elite three-point shooting teams in the league, and they're doing it with a guy who hasn't really been a point guard. And I was like, ah, that's all fine and dandy, but Darius Garland is a point guard, and when he comes back, he's the point guard. Donovan Mitchell goes back to the two guard, and we're going to be fine. There there are some questions about the two of those guys together, and the, the good news for me is they've got time to figure it out. They do have the rest of the season to figure out now if it comes at the cost of their seating, so be it, because I, I care more about the playoffs right now. Mike in Brunswick, you're next up on the fan. Hello, Mike. Hey, am I on speaker? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. Go ahead, Mike. What's up, guys? Hey, I kind of agree with both of you. You know, back to back, it's not the end of the world. They lost last night. Yeah, you know, I give up 75 points to two amazing players the night before. Obviously a crazy win. But going into that overtime, it was a shot on Mobley. He just didn't look like he had it. They all looked exhausted for good reason. But, I mean, come on. You guys are getting paid to play a game. you got to play. Whether it's overtime, double overtime, don't matter. Not the end of the world. I'm not getting over well, it. The difference is, is I don't think that they were slack-assing but or anything Garland, out there. Garland, I think 44 minutes. Donovan Mitchell, 44 minutes. Mobley, 42 minutes. If, if they wouldn't have had a night, then the <laughs> night like they had before, maybe it would have been different. Absolutely. I mean, you make Andre Drummond look like an all-NBA rebounder yesterday. You got uh, DeMar DeRozan looking like he did in his prime. It's kind of crazy how bad the defense was at times. But then it was also really good at times. So, yeah. I don't know. Not giving him a pass, but I'm still super excited for the season. So. Right. Thank you very much for the call. Man. I think per minute this year, Andre Fair Drummond point. is a, an all-time NBA rebounder per minute. He only plays... You know, 17 minutes a game, but well, he he's averaging like nine that. rebounds in 17 minutes. Pretty, pretty crazy. Is his crazy. contract almost up? You want, you want to make another swing at him? Bring no, him back? No, no. I, I thought you were talking about a different type of swing at him. Uh, Lewis and Shaker. Lewis, hello. Gentlemen, Lima, congratulations. Lima, I'm so proud of you. Lima, I knew you when, when you was just a young – never mind. Anyway, I want to know, Owen, is the kids wrestling? Good job. I want to know why Sam Merrill hasn't seen the court. In two games. I just told you why Somebody Sam Merrill did. hasn't seen the court in two games. What'd you say, Ken? Repeat it. Darius Garland's back. I mean, you're you're going to have about a nine-man rotation, maybe a ten-man rotation. By the time it all boils down, that's going to affect Sam Merrill's minutes. So maybe Sam Merrill plays in a couple of other matchups that it's there, and maybe he doesn't. He's going to go back to Cam. a different type of role player, Lewis. Cam. Yeah. What? He is the best shooter. On he's not a he's not a three-point shooter. He's a sniper. He's a very he seen, but does the matchup the does the matchup night by night constitute that? You got to find a way to get that man on the court, man. Well, I, I I can't. Do you again? Can you tell me? Does the matchup dictate that? What did you see with the Bulls matchup that says that he has to be on the floor? Other than he can hit three point shots if he's open. 
Can he find his spot on the floor against their defense and against their setup? Because there's plenty of time. Lima brought it up yesterday morning. He put put it on Darius Garland on the inbound from Evan Mobley. Why? Because he got taken out, and he wasn't able to go and get the pass the way he wanted to. Well, there's times where Sam Merrill could get taken out by a defense, especially if Sam Merrill's playing alongside of Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. Excuse me, if he's just playing against Donovan Mitchell. If you're playing with Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, and... Uh, Sam Merrill, well, there's going to be times where Sam Merrill's maybe left open or he's just not going to be able to find a spot and you're going to be playing four on five. And I don't think you'd have that many small guys on the floor at one time. Jan, huh? I beg, I beg to differ. That's I, fine. I love to beg. I love to beg to differ with you. I know you Bye. Do. I'll see you. 216-474-0092. These are reasons. It's a reason for it. It's a bad day yesterday. I'm not saying it so was Darius, a bad day. So Darius, the good news was Darius finally got hot again from three. It was 7 of 14, that is huge. It was an inefficient night, though. He took 22 shots, scored 23 points, didn't get to the foul line once. Um, What's more I, important, though, efficiency or his three-point no, shot No, I need right his three-point shooting to come back. Okay. I need him to be a willing shooter. It's a legitimate question. Yes. Um, there is something, though, though, with Garland down the stretch of games. You know, they, we do know one thing for sure. End of games, even in the regular season, they allow a little more contact. Playoffs, they're allowing contact from the moment the game starts. I'm a little worried about him right now because he's been as sloppy with the ball as any point guard in the league. I think he has the second highest turnover percentage of any point guard. And that's concerning because Donovan Mitchell isn't turning the ball over when he is handling the ball. And Darius obviously is. So is he going to be able to get back to his confidence? He needs to be able to drive by guys and create. And to do that, you have to be a threat in the lane to get to the bucket and to draw fouls. And that's why the next 24 games are very important, not just to win, because I want to win and I don't want anybody to be upset. But also, the next 24 games are important to figure that out and to figure out what your rotations are going to be. And so maybe we can find some spots for Sam Merrill to stretch. Coming up next, Mary Kay Cabot. Did you know that Kevin Stefanski is going to see Deshaun Watson this offseason? They're not allowed to talk football, apparently. But he's going to see him. What will they talk about? Mary Kay going to tell us next on The Fan. Mitch, please, 940. And I also want to say goodbye to a legend at 940, but I also, well, considering the terrible obituary I did for Ole Anderson earlier this week, I don't know if I'm the best person to do it. Thoughts? Why was it so bad? I didn't get anything right, except that he was the voice of the Shockmaster That's and all you the Black Scorpion. All you needed. I also said it was his real name. That wasn't his real name at all. It was not. The person whose real name is her name is Mary Kay Cabot. She joins us right now on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Mary Kay Cabot, good morning. Good morning, guys. How you doing? We're doing wonderful. Are you in Indianapolis? I am in Indianapolis. What's it like there right now? Right now, well, you know, it was weird here this week from a from a weather standpoint. It was in the like it was like sixty five one day, and then last night. It was about 20-something, or it felt like 20-something uh, here in Indy. So it was a big night for, you know, a lot of networking that goes on in Indianapolis. Nice. And you have to kind of bounce around the city. And, yeah, it was it was kind of cold last night. But A couple of double know, black velvets for everybody. I'm down. Yeah. Uh. I mean, it, it's always, you know, it's the combine. It's, it's everyone's here. Everyone's doing their thing. And uh, it's always a, a very eventful and crazy week. Uh, I, I'm sure with the reports of the players' union uh, that came out yesterday. What was it the uh, the the facility 
Chet, what did they call it, Kenny? The uh, it's the grades. The it's grades. grades. The player grades. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was was there a lot of reaction because it was pretty clear why the players union released it when they did to coincide with all the NFL teams being Great there ready to point. be questioned. Excellent. Yeah, you know what, J.C. Treader, the president of the NFLPA former Brown center, of course, he has impeccable timing when it comes to dropping that, you know, again, everyone is here. It it really is. It takes over all the buzz. It's so weird. I mean, there's so much going on here in terms of free agency and, you know, pre-trade talks and the draft. And all of a sudden, you know, JC drops that bomb, you know, right in the middle of Indy every, you know, every year, this is the second year that, that they've done it. And, uh, and so, yeah, it was, uh, it was very, very interesting. His, uh, uh, you know, it had plenty of impact here. So, uh, but should it, Mary Kay? That's well, that's the bigger question. Should it? Because the Chiefs were, I think, dead last in that survey. And what did they do? They won the Super Bowl. The the Cincinnati Bengals, two AFC Championship games and a Super Bowl, and they're at the bottom as well. Should it matter? Well, I do think it should matter. I think it should matter. Uh, you know how the players are treated, how the players' families are treated, how the players feel about. All of those categories, I do think it matters. Um, but by the same token, it's you know it's not a scientific survey, and things probably could be done a little bit differently so that it um, you know it more accurately reflects how the players really do feel about all of those things. Um, but you know certainly it shines a light on you know teams that need to upgrade their facilities and those kinds of things. But the Browns are in the process of doing all those things and their grade doesn't reflect the fact uh, that they are, you know, building a new weight room and everything is under construction and better times are coming from a facility standpoint. Also, I have to point this out that you're taught you're, you're asking predominantly a lot of younger men in their earlier twenties, mid twenties who are coming from a lot of opulent places. Like we were talking about LSU's locker room earlier. Well, yeah, when you go from an LSU locker room to an NFL locker room, and you forget that, hey, you're getting paid a lot of money now as an employee, things are probably going to change. But either way, I really don't think general fans care. I think it's a little bit of a discussion point. I think that obviously it's it's a good decision by JC to put the player or put the uh, the general managers and coaches on the spot at the combine. It's a great play by him, but ultimately it's, I don't know, the, everybody's ripping the Steelers for their their uh, facilities and everything, and and they seem to have no problem really winning football games and keeping their head above water. Mary Kay Cabot joining us here on the show. So Kevin's going to go talk to Deshaun Watson here in the next couple of weeks, correct? Yes. It's not even in the next couple of weeks. It is this coming week uh, that Kevin and Ken Dorsey will fly out uh, to visit with Deshaun Watson in Los Angeles, and I, I just think that's great. I think it's really a great move uh, by those guys to go do that. I think it will help everyone get this season started off on the right foot. And, um, you know, Deshaun does not know Ken Dorsey yet, so this will be their first opportunity to get to know each other, and I just think it's a great move. But are they not allowed to uh, talk football or something? Yeah, they're not allowed to specifically talk strategy and, you know, plays and those kinds of things, but they can talk big picture. I'm sure there's a very, very fine line, uh, but they know what the parameters are. And, you know, Kevin and Ken will not, they won't cross the line and they'll do what they need to do. But I just think it's fantastic that, uh, that they're making this move. And if you remember, Kevin did the same thing in 2020 when he first took the job, he went down and he visited Baker in Austin 
And I don't know if there's a correlation, but they did make the playoffs that year. Mary Kay Cabot with us uh, right now. So we've seen. Wait a minute. Did he visit him in Austin before they traded him or how'd that go? Well, we're, no, I'm talking about 2020, the oh. year that uh, that they oh. went 11 and five and well, made the playoffs. It was Kevin's first season here. Well, yeah, but after afterwards, after the trade, before the trade, did they meet or was that just like, no, they had other things to do? Well, I'm kidding, Mary no. Kay. Mary Kay, it's a joke. <laughs> I'm not asking for an answer for Are, uh, You don't have to take that seriously at all. Yeah, don't Mary take Kay. that seriously at all, Mary. Um, are you surprised at this point that we don't know who's going to be calling plays, or do you think? It's much ado about nothing at this stage of the offseason. I think play calling is important. I think who calls the plays, I think that's important. I do not think it's important to know who's going to do it right now at this moment. Those two guys are still getting to know each other, and uh, they're figuring out how they want to work together, and they're building up the offense again. They're basically tweaking, tweaking this whole entire offensive scheme. So I don't think now is the time to try to, figure out who's going to call it. All right, Mary Kay, uh, with all of that said, you know, we heard what they said about Nick Chubb, Andrew Barry did a couple of days ago and compared that to what they said about Deshaun Watson. It made me think, and this is just my takeaway, and I'd love to hear your thoughts, made me think that they are not counting on Nick Chubb at all for this season being the Nick Chubb, elite Nick Chubb. Not that he won't be here. I mean, he might, but that, a, he's probably not going to join us till a little bit later in the season, and that who knows if he'll be Nick Chubb again. Was that your takeaway? Well, you know, the things that we know so far about Nick Chubb or the things that I've learned about the Nick Chubb situation are the fact that he will not be participating in the offseason program. So he's not going to be running around out there, uh, you know, in April and May at the offseason program. So that's that's number one. But I do think that the Browns still expect him to be ready at the start of the season or close to it. Uh, the thing about not doing the contract restructuring now, it gives both sides time to see how the rest of his re rehab comes along. So I wouldn't say that, you know, those things that you're saying are true, um, but it's just an, a situation where time is on their side. Everyone has an opportunity to still see uh, how much progress he can make between now and September when they hope he can get on the field. Percent chance they get something worked out and he is an official member of the Cleveland Browns in some capacity in 2024? Uh, I, I would say very good. I mean, they're making the commitment to do that. So I'm going to say, you know, 85% right now. Okay, I like that. Uh, we, good. Heard, we heard the audio from... Um, well, at least the younger Callahan, the new coach of the Tennessee Titans. And I thought it was interesting how he said his dad, Bill, told him they were probably never going to work together because he was so happy in Cleveland. That was a year ago. What do we think changed over the next year that, that changed the dynamic of that relationship and working relationship, apparently? Well, you know what? Brian actually, you know, got the head coaching job. And when that happens – Things do change, and, you know, you do decide things a little bit differently than when it's just, you know, not reality. So when he actually did get the job, you start to talk things over, and you figure out, you know, how you want your staff to be. And he asked his dad to join him, and it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So, you know, I think Bill just wanted him to go out, strike out on his own, make his own way, 
and not have it in the back of his mind that Bill would be there to help him along the way. So this is the way that it was supposed to happen, and I'm not surprised at all. I, I would also wonder, did if, was there a chance, like, Bill Callahan, I almost wanted to call him Brian, Bill Callahan took a look at the situation that Brian might be stepping into and going, you know what, I don't – you know, he, he's his own man. I can't just cover for my son all the time, but he, he might need all the help he can get because it looks like they're going to go through a bit of a rebuild here. Well, certainly you need someone who you can trust. Yeah. And now Brian has that. And I'm sure Bill looked at that and thought, you know, this is an opportunity for, for him to help his son, uh, for those guys to be together for how many ever years. And, uh, you know, I don't necessarily – know that or think that it's because they're in a rebuild situation. Mm -hmm. I just think it's, it's just a great chance for a father and son to work together. This doesn't happen very often in the NFL, and I think those guys will be great together. So a lot of people uh, bending an arm, having a conversation. You know, a lot of agents start talking to general managers. The groundwork of free agency is laid in Indianapolis this week. Is there anything you're hearing about a, another wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns as maybe a free agent coming through? Any Anything from what you're hearing? Not really, no. There has not been a lot of buzz about that yet. Oh. But once again, as you mentioned, uh, this is where a lot of those talks take place. Uh, this is where you kind of feel those things out. You see what's available. You see who's going to get tagged and who's not. And, um, you know, we saw that T. Higgins – got franchised this week. So he's not necessarily 100% off the market because, you know, they can always trade him. But it's not like you can just go out and throw a bunch of money at that and sign a T. Higgins. Uh, I think over the next week we will see who else gets re-signed by their clubs. You know, I know the Bucks would love to have Mike Evans back. He's somebody that's still kind of out there floating around and, and there are others so there's buzz here in terms of the wide receiver situation but nothing concrete in terms of the Browns Mary Kay Brian Hoyer uh had a response to what was said from Johnny Manziel Enough and normally Hoyer obsession yes please. and normally this show would never dwell in the past we like to we like to have fun on this show we also like to talk about the future but in this case I want to make sure that the past is something that stays in the past. And Brian Hoyer said specifically that while he was playing, he knew there were people in the building, including the GM, but also the owner that wanted him to be benched and wanted Johnny Football to be the starting quarterback. Are we absolutely positive that lessons were learned from that era? And today, if Jimmy Haslam wants something, is Jimmy Haslam going to get it? There were lessons learned from that era. Definitely there were lessons learned uh, from that point in time. Whoa! And I, Good! <laughs> Thank goodness. I, I, I distinctly remember uh, just being in situations where Brian felt uncomfortable about the way that that all went down. And you could just see it in his eyes. And it's no way to go out and try to play quarterback knowing that at any given moment you could be benched and that not everyone, you know, has your back in terms of your performance and going out there and playing. So it was a difficult time for everyone. You know, if you remember, that's Johnny Manziel, Josh, Justin Gilbert. I called them the juvenile Jays. Joe Thomas called them the jackass Jays. Uh, <laughs> when I brought that up to, to Joe, that I, I had my little nickname for them. And so, um, 
yeah, it was it was a difficult time, and the Browns have learned a lot of lessons from that period. That is why they now have a stable organization. It's one reason that they have a very stable organization with Andrew Barry, with Paul DePodesta, with Kevin Stefanski, and those kinds of shenanigans really don't go on anymore. Mary Kay, can't thank you enough for the time. You're a wonderful person, wonderful individual, wonderful reporter. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you so much. Sounds great. Thanks for having me, guys. The sensational Mary Kay Cabot on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline live from Indianapolis as they continue the nonstop action thrill ride that is the NFL Combine. Coming up next, Lami, you ready for a hot take? Love it. You ready for a, it's not anti-Browns, but it is a, it's a little cynical. A little bit of a hot take from me. Next on The Fan. Uh, we are getting killed on the poll right now. Good. You you agreed with us. You made me. I didn't yeah, want well, to. Sucks to be you. Listen. You made me come to work this morning. I we, didn't want to. It held was fine up. driving in when we, you came in. We held up our end of the bargain. We said we were going to give them a free pass. Everybody was enjoying. It was a pep a rally pass. yesterday Doesn't for the Max Truce game. Doesn't mean softy, though. I think it does. I think it's okay this one time. 62% of voters saying right now they are not giving the Cavs a free pass. Oh, my God. Against, in the loss against Chicago. Do you Chicago. guys know? Are you aware they're 38 and 20? Are you aware they have the second best record yeah, in the NBA on the Eastern Conference? Half game over the third no, they're, place. They're, they're, they're going to slip. They don't. I, I, I'm appalled. I'm telling you, man, the game, the season just started for these some of these folks, man. I'm telling you. There are four teams with better records than the Cavs in the right. entire. Yeah, that's a problem. They've won one game in the last five, and the season just started for I, them. I, I think to a lot of folks, Tone. Milwaukee's 5-5 five and five in their last 10. The Knicks are 3-7. and yeah. seven. And I 76ers 3-7. and seven. I think to a lot of Cavs fans out there or a lot of general sports fans, the Cavs are 1-1. One one. Oh They're 1-1 one one in their last two. Well, congratulations for, you know, picking up the sport come, yeah. you know, late February. They don't. Hey, man. Yeah, some of us have been here the whole year. That you know ain't that. their job. It's our job. It's going to go till June. Should we call them out for that? Yes. Because did you see? Trying to jump on the bandwagon now. You know what? Maybe the Cavs need to lose a few games to get rid of you bandwagon jumpers. Don't don't act like they ain't talking to us because we talked about. talking, Lima. Don't act like they ain't listening to us because we talked about the ratings slipping, like 19% or whatever it was, and then the next day. In February, they're up 46%. (laughs) Okay, you guys are starting to watch now. And thank you very much for listening. I, I do think now, once football ends, not just in this town, I think in a lot of towns, now you go if you got yeah. a hockey team, you start paying attention to it's hockey. A normal thing. I think baseball's right around the corner in some markets. Here, the Cavs have earned it though. They've they've earned it after that sluggish start to the season with all the the lineups that were you know out of out of sorts because of the injuries. For them to have this record, I feel like the outrage I was catching last night on social media over the pass. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little over the top. They are thirty eight and twenty, and that's me. That's me saying these words are coming out of me. I'm I'm hated by the Cavs fan base. So for are me you, to have to say this. And how do they look since the roster's gotten back together? It hasn't been great. They're still they're still winning by the way, plenty of games. What did it look like before Evan Mobley and Darius Garland got hurt? Well, can, what were they I before don't know that Darius Garland? Cause, yeah, because no one wants to admit it that they weren't that great then, and they ain't that great so now. So why, you know why were they so good when those tra- guys were? They out. were working things out. That's what they were doing. They were working things out, and now that they have a, con- a cushion, they're going to work things out. Well, I need them to work things out with this current group because it hasn't looked great since the game. the game before the All Star break. Watch the sport. Take the sport in. I got another take for you. Ready? I don't think that the Green Briar doesn't work. 
I just That's don't think. Negative. I don't think that the green. Bre- <laughs> oh yeah, now you're gonna start picking apart my speech after 12 years. Good luck. I did it behind your back for. That's fine. Yeah, I don't care. We want to get. If you want to do the ticky tech stuff, we'll get into sit and set and all the other things. We don't want to do that. Come my on, accent. Now. Okay. Well, I'm sure all the Oklahomans in Northeast Ohio are very upset with me. I don't think the Greenbrier doesn't help. I'm do it again. I don't care. I just don't think it helps that much. I, I'm a converted man. How many guys on this football team contributed down the stretch that were not at the Greenbrier? Like all of Most them? Most of them. <laughs> so much so that we made a joke of the Greenbrier I, experience because of it. I got nothing against you guys going down to the Greenbrier and doing the Greenbrier waltz. I got no fault with you guys doing that. I got no fault with you guys playing golf. I got no fault with you guys hooping it up out there in the driveway. I know that they had that big hoop out there in the driveway that they're playing with. I know it's a long driveway or whatever. I got no fault with any of you guys practicing down there. I just... I don't think it works as much as what we make it out to be. The only thing I think it sets up people for is that if you don't have a great season, because I went back and I looked at that when they first announced that they were going to the Greenbrier. You looked at the teams that went there. The Saints fans and people calling them soft because they went to such a place like the Greenbrier. Get up your arm gloves. This is where champions champions are made. This is the type of attitude that fosters a gridiron winner. I need Megadeth and I need Brooke Park. That's what I need. Two, two, three, two, two. <laughs> That's what Miles was thinking of the whole time. I don't think it's... I, I just... I don't think it hurts. Clearly, it doesn't hurt. I don't think it helps. Unless I... Unless I smell a new fight song. I'll call Mary... I'll call Mary Kay Cabot back and see if they were like, you know, they had a big come to Jesus moment right there at the top of the steps of the rotunda. And you know, you know they have a sprawling staircase Kevin, of elegance and opulence. Kevin Stefanski yelled at everybody like Ken Carmen on the phone with Anthony Lima as he's walking by school children on speakerphone. And that's when they came together in that foxhole at the opulent Greenbrier. The Spring House has always been the center of life at the Greenbrier. <laughs> and now we hope you will enjoy the Spring House dancers as they dance to the original composition, the Greenbrier Waltz. It's not about the X's and O's or the Jimmy's and Joe's. It's the tapping of the toes. You got to no, you got to leave for that one. Get the hell out of the studio. I'm jealous of that. Yeah, I am too. You know, almost for almost good. Almost cussed at you, man. I'm for, really jealous of that one. For old time's sake, Flacco, Kareem Hunt, they need their own stake because they missed out. Who else? Who else was part of it? They had, a, they had another running back. <laughs> Who was the running back that 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 missed out? I don't know. They had a number of Leroy guys. Leroy Horde. We, I have Pierre no Strong. idea. Oh, there. Yeah, Pierre, Pierre Strong. Strong. You didn't get to go to the Greenbrier. We had we had I offensive linemen down there. I'm sorry. We also had offensive linemen that weren't involved in a Greenbrier. Did we not? Uh, I think they kind of kept. Oh, that were they there? S- no, there were other guys. Oh God, uh, our John kick- Christian. Yep, our John kicker Christian wasn't there. Our kicker was not at the Greenbrier. Nope, currently wasn't. Huh? I mean, come on. But if they didn't hear the piano, did it hurt them? They didn't. Unaffected. Unaffected. Well, at least the beat writers get to have their night. They really didn't. That's were another they, thing. Where they allow them out of the maintenance quarters. Yeah. For the Greenbrier Waltz, the beat writers mean a different thing. <laughs> right. Everybody pick up an instrument. Yeah, they had their one night with all the beat writers until probably one of them made things a little bit too awkward yeah. at that end of the night. Wonder which one. Always does. 
Who won six four seven four to below ninety two? Guess what? Guess beat the beat writer, writer. Made, it, made it odd. That ruined it. Bet you can't do it in one guess. Who won six four seven four to below ninety two? Poor Dave is parked on Clifton right now, as the weather <laughs> is terrible. Go ahead. Good morning. It's moving, but whatever. Oh. Hey, I. You guys are young, but I'm gonna tell you a movie quote from the 80s elaine don't panic regarding the Cavs. what movie um airplane oh my Remember god when the automatic pilot you, went down you didn't give it like you gotta give it with gusto that's lima's favorite movie it is it oh is. my god really yeah the uh the zucker brothers <laughs> right exactly i swear to god david i'm not making that up that's usually like we're just assing off that is lima's favorite movie ever is airplane but he wasn't even around when that came, that movie came out. I He's think a lot it came out. Make him out to be. What is it? Uh, it was on. It was on it's HBO. 80? Yeah, it was on HBO when I was young. Really? When we That's had the tuner. Fun. I could tune it in. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, um, listen. I don't mean to point out the obvious as far as the Cavs and after the All Star break, but I mean Donovan was sick, and you know they lost two games. So I don't even count those two. I, I will say that I'm a little concerned oh, about so wait, you're allowed to pick and mm-hmm. choose what games you count, and I'm not? Oh, I'm, no, I love you, Ken. Oh, you Dave can stuck, I love you. Mm-hmm. He can I love do whatever you too, he wants. Man. Thank you. Go ahead. But, but I, I listen, I'm, I'm probably going to take heat, but I almost feel like uh, uh, Porter Jr., Craig Porter Jr., is a better pure point guard than Darius. And I'm not saying, hey, let's flip-flop, but that guy penetrates and it opens up, you know, shooting lanes. Dave. Mitch, was yeah. that you I just heard through the glass going, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. Dave, you just said you love me. I uh, Thank God you said that or I would have ran you off, man. Come on, man. You can't say that, Dave. I, I'm not saying, but you, he is a penetrator and he does handle the ball. I'm not saying get rid of Darius, but Darius and even Max, and I love Max, he's been forcing it. You know, I wish he would look to, you know, drive and shoot instead of passing off. Just my thoughts, okay. but uh, hey, traffic's moving. Thanks, guys. All right, be safe out there, Dave. Thank you very much for the call. And let that be a lesson. See, if you're nice, I'm just nice back to you. Because, like, if Jim in Strongsville would have called in with that, I mean, I'd still be screaming at him right now. Mike and Shaker Heights, you're next up in the fan. Hello. Man, I love y'all, you know, and listen, four and now one. Now we're just six. saying it so we can say nasty things about the Cavs, can't we? Okay, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. I always say that when I call in, but let me just be honest, though. The 4-1 and one stench is still on the Cavs. I mean, we don't believe that they can beat Boston, Milwaukee. I don't even know if we, they, we, if we, if they, if they lose game one to Indiana, Indiana, we're all going to start panicking. It's just we don't believe it because we were so shocked at how poorly they played last postseason. We just can't believe what we're seeing right now. And, uh, you know, it's just it just sucks. Evan Mobley had a great game last night. But we, we worry when him and uh, Allen are in at the same time. So we just need to see it to believe it. You know, we it's the city. It's the city. It's how we are. But the what, I'm supposed to just that. fart in their general direction over the next 24 games, Mike? Well, we're going to have to wait to the playoffs. Nothing they do I now. Can't, is I can't wait until the playoffs. I can't just sit here and stare at the wall until the playoffs. we got to get into something here. I have to try well, to draw some sort of conclusion from them. If, yeah. they, if, they go, if they are a number one seed going into the playoffs and they lose game one, are you going to feel confident about that series nope. no matter who they're playing? No. Nope. Okay, then. I'll be nervous. Okay, then. All right, Mike, thank you very much for the call. It's a good point. 216474 to below 92. 940. I'll give you the final update of the poll. 
We might say goodbye to a legend. I don't know. Apparently, Mitch is very affected by that. It might come up during Mitch, please. I don't know what he's going to bring to us at 940. And up next, all the best players in the NBA are not from here. One of us wants to know, could this happen in the NFL? Ken Carmen and the Tone Master General, if you're on your way to work, be careful. Take us with you to work on the free Odyssey app or just turn it up and rip the knob off. Lima, take it away. I heard an interesting conversation on the way in today. It was Chuck Klosterman. Who, oh, it was Klosterman. Um, I think it's Klosterman, but he was talking with Bill Simmons. He's a distinguished author. He used to actually cover sports. He, he I believe, covered the Browns. Yes, he? he worked in Toledo, Yeah, I think, at one point. Well, he did a story on the Browns. He didn't cover the Browns, but he did a story about the draft, I think. But he, he's more of a thinker. Like, well, why? he's watched the Browns on TV yeah. once. So. <laughs> he, he's, he's more of a thinker asking just the general questions, stuff that we just normally don't sit and question every day. Like, why is youth sports the way that it is? Why is it more successful in other countries than here? So um, I've heard him talk about that stuff before. And on the way in, he was asking the question, why – Today are four of the best, if not the best basketball players. Why are they not from America? I mean, if you look back at it, before the um, the Dream Team, you know, they weren't really playing basketball in a lot of other countries or taking it seriously. And then the Dream Team came around and then, you know, these kids now, I mean, their parents, you know, watch the Dream Team. And so you've had an international explosion, but to that point, how are the best players? It's not just how do we have a bunch of NBA players from other countries. We would all understand that because they all picked up the sport and they all have athletes too. Yeah. Well, now the best players. I mean, Luka, you just saw him the other night. Um, obviously, uh, Doncic. I mean, Luka Doncic, um, you know, the Denver Nuggets, the, the, the reigning MVP of uh, the NBA. You have Giannis. You have Shea Gilgis-Alexander from Canada who could be the MVP this year. I mean, these guys are non-American. You would have never thought that was possible, right? I mean, young Ken Carmen, would you have ever seriously thought that that would be the state of affairs in the NBA? No, I remember having a conversation with Jeff like 12 years ago about it. And Jeff's like, oh, you better watch. You better watch how it is. That sounds bad. Sounds like a warning. Um, He's like, hey, you got to watch this stuff. Like, that sounds bad, too. I don't know how else to say it. We were talking about Euro players. Yeah. But he's they were like, soft, remember? Are, they were like, all guys, soft. Yeah, we that all accused them of being soft. But, but, you know, you watch... You, you watch Rocky Four enough. You, you watch Jokic, and there's nothing soft about him. I mean, he, he was never considered a great defender, but then you watch him, and well, he, he, he yeah, battles as well, best not, he can, but now, offensively, he's unstoppable. And then you see games in Serbia, and you go, there ain't nothing soft about that at all. That yeah. is crazy. They yeah, set right. fires and stands. I mean, that is nuts. Yeah, David Blatt tried to tell you, by the way, about international yeah, basketball, was, and, you, you know, Jason Lloyd wouldn't listen. That was an eye-opening thing I saw on YouTube a few years ago. So back. it got me thinking, obviously we know baseball, the influence of Latin America, it, it's obvious. They, the kids grow up and they want to, they want baseball as a way out. They want to be great at baseball. They work on baseball in a way we don't really work on it in this country anymore. Mm-hmm. And so who dominates a lot of major league baseball. So we understand baseball and we're understanding the NBA. The NFL, this is not happening. There, there, there is no explosion worldwide, despite the efforts of the NFL to broaden the game, to expand to other countries, playing games in in Germany. Oh, and they played games in Germany my entire life. They've played games. Didn't they play some preseason games in Tokyo? Um, when I was young, I, I could have sworn they the did. The NFL, yeah, yeah that's yeah. where 
Terrell Davis made his name yep. was in the Tokyo. Oh, Dome. Was, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that's how he got on the team. So Him and Stan Hansen. So it, it hasn't really done anything. It hasn't it hasn't worked. We're all these years later. They tried the World Football League, the Frankfurt Galaxy. I mean, it hasn't really happened. We've had punters from Australia. I think we've had some long snappers, but it hasn't taken off. We had Yelda Froholt. Yelda Froholt. I had the opinion before the show, and I wanted to see. I wanted to gauge reaction, and you smartly did not give me any reaction because you wanted to hold it. Exactly. I said I actually think the NFL would be the easiest sport for players from all over the world to make it in a hurry if they ever started really playing football and taking an interest in it. We know they, they choose soccer. But if they ever wanted to, guys can run really fast in other countries too. Um, Not faster than us. Watch, watch, watch. Any of the, you know, world indoor running events, which I was forced to because of my wife. I mean, they come from every country. They can be just as fast Everything as we can Everything you do here. with your wife sounds like you do it at gunpoint. <laughs> that is the case right now. Uh, including staying in the relationship. I got waterboarded once, thanks to my wife. Yeah. So I, I contend that it wouldn't take long if ever there were some countries that wanted to really take the NFL seriously or take football seriously. I think you could fast track it faster than it took in the NBA because I, think, so. I think the skills are so different. What so. do what do we always say about the NFL and how players can come from anywhere? So we only think they could come from anywhere in this country. You don't think if they started watching the NFL and started saying, hey, what, why, why can't I run a route? Why can't I be a running back? You don't think they could develop fast? How many NFL players didn't start playing football until high school? There's a lot of them. We hear stories there about are, that a lot. Not just stories. Yeah. There are a ton of them because their parents wouldn't let them play football because they were worried about CTE and tackle football. And they said, all right, once you get to high school, I'll let you play. And boom, they're in the NFL six yeah. years later. So you're telling me that can't happen in Europe? Uh, I really don't. Uh, could foreign-born players take over the NFL like they have in other sports? 216 Mitch, you got to be careful how you write that up on the internet, by the way, because that could take a much different tone than what tone and I want it to take. Uh, you, Carmen but, and Lima don't want foreigners in our country. <laughs> no, that's right. not true. <laughs> I think that. I mean, you did you mention hockey? No. Okay, I, I was about hockey. to say because I was like, that's not our sport. That's Canada. Yeah. Um, basketball, baseball, football. I look at these things and I go, "Hey, we are the richest country in the world." Sometimes to our detriment, you're we're the richest country in the world. How much does it cost to play football as opposed to the other sports? I well, mean, you need get- a you need a basketball, you need a baseball and a stick. I mean, that's that's basically what you need. Now, I know a bat, a aluminum bat, can be four hundred dollars for a ten year old if they're playing yeah. travel baseball, which is nuts. Like some guy tried to get me to pay the other day. Um, not a chance in hell. Not until my kid can get a bat on the ball. Legitimately, would I even think about that? But you can get a wooden bat, an old wooden bat, and have one bat with your buddies in the sandlot. And you can have one baseball, and that's how it goes. And you could use your bare hands if you really want to. Okay? Basketball, you need a basketball. Football, I need a lot of things. It's played in a state. It's just, it's a very expensive sport. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a very expensive sport. And I think that that does hurt the development in the other countries with it. You know, I mean, you hear about these guys and they play in other countries where it, it, there's not not every country is horrifically off. I don't. I think that that would probably be a terrible way to look at it as an American. But I also think that there's some guys who come from countries that don't certainly don't have it as good as us. 
And so, yeah, you get a basketball, you get a baseball, and that's basically how it goes. We have always said in this country, if our best athletes played soccer, we would be on top with soccer. Um, But then people in other countries have been like, well, no, you don't have the coaching. You don't have... You don't have all that. And I'm like, yeah, but you could get it if you paid yeah, the best coaches to come over. Soccer's not got, a priority in yeah, this Yeah, it, it became priority. But to, to the, to the sa- in the same vein, if in England their best soccer players decided we're playing football and you had the inverse of Ted Lasso you, uh, you, or the right. same thing as Ted Lasso, you had the coaches coming over right. and they started but drilling they these football, kids. Yeah. You're telling me those kids couldn't play in the NFL? They don't. They have athletes. They have. They have athletes. Look. By the way, we talk about it Croatia. Be this generation of pe- players, though, Might be that's going to take a while yeah. for that to happen. Took a while for it, same for, thing yeah. for basketball. But I don't think. I actually think in the NFL it would take less time because you're looking for guys that just run. You're looking for guys that just uh, offensive line play. You can't you tell me they don't have big boys in in Germany. You tell me they don't have big boys in hell. Forget just Europe. The New well, Zealand. I mean, I've seen some of their MMA fighters. They, they they could play the offensive line here. Like, why why would we think they'd I have to be coached Iceland. since kindergarten? I've Marius seen how many Magnus Ver Magnuson. Yeah, that's the two we know. Two one six four seven four. Samuelson as well. Bill yeah, Kazmaier, James in East Cleveland. Hello. What's up, fellas? How y'all doing this morning? Hi, James. Hey, um, in regards to the, some of the overseas basketball players playing in the NBA. And taking it over almost at the top of the league, I liken it to boxing almost, where the best boxers come from impoverished places. You know, these guys got more to play for than just money. They plan for their country, they pride, so they put more into it. When you watch uh, Luca or Joker out there, those guys are covering their sweat. They playing 42, 43 minutes, and it's all nonstop go. Same thing with Verizal. And a lot of these overseas players, they play with more toughness, more tenacity. They got more There is more desperation. There is more desperation. And I, and I, and I think that's, that's what it is. Yeah. And uh, that's all I got. Y'all have a good it's morning. Such a weird, it's such a weird thing that we get into about it, James. And thank you very much for the call. I think it's a great call. Because, like, remember when um, Josh Rosen, keep an eye on him. You remember when Josh Rosen came out in the draft? Well, his parents are doctors, and he grew up in a country club. He's going to be a brain surgeon. And that was used against him. Or a tennis pro. That was all used against him. And I'm like, well, you know, Johnny Manziel, when he came out, this is a rich boy. We thought he was rich. Baker Mayfield, well, your daddy's got all this money and stuff. Like, we use that against guys. We want that desperation. And when he mentions boxing, like, yeah, I mean, Sean Porter will tell you. Like, there's a lot of guys that come from rough backgrounds where – they might not be able to have all the other stuff, but they need to know how to fight every day, so they're going to learn how to do it right. I do think you'll see a change. They're adding flag football to the Olympics. That's a start, right, where, I mean, America's going to dominate that for a few okay. Olympics. Well, I thought about that because You'd assume what would people say? They would America. say, if I, if I argued this, you know, when we were younger, people would say, no, 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 no. You don't understand. The coaching of tackle football at a young age in Ohio is why Ohio players are better. We take it seriously. We're a football state. And now everybody just laughs about tackling, even at the NFL level. They say NFL guys can't tackle. And those are the best of the well, best. I don't think it's about tackling. I think it's the knowledge of the game and knowing where to go. Like, you, you see this every Friday night. You have guys who are great athletes out there, but if they don't know where the hell they're going to go, they're going to lose. It's also just comparatively to soccer, which is the big international sport, right? I think it was Andrew Brandt was on Baskin and Phelps last week. It was talking about the, the game in Germany and how many 
people watching that game, the Chiefs and the Dolphins, mm-hmm. didn't understand the rules of football because it is so far different from, you know, they they don't know why people can't run wherever they want as long as they aren't touching the ball. That's the offside call in soccer. For us, you cannot be moving until a predetermined time in which everyone's yeah. allowed to move. And like and, and even keeping it stateside here, like what was it? Ohio was 7 and 1 or 6 and 1 or something like that this last fall against the other states, like when yeah. you brought in teams from other states right. and stuff like that. And like we pride ourselves on that. It's like, well, there's good coaching and the parents, they learn from the good coaches, so they coach them up that way. And so yeah, you might have guys who are burners, but you if you don't know what spot to run to, like remember when I used to say about Jordan Phillips two years ago about the run fits, like he's running to the wrong spot faster than anybody I've seen. If you have that, it's better. I think what you're saying, the coaching, the coaching could make a point to it. And I, I'm not going to sit here and put my head in the sand and say it would never happen that way. It would take, to me, it would take a very long time. Baseball had a head start. I mean, they were doing that in the 20s, mm-hmm. for crying out loud, in Cuba and probably before that. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're looking at basketball, basketball. 50, 60 years ago, now to this generation, but yes, you have way more foreign-born European basketball players than you've ever had, yes. When did the international community catch up to America in basketball? Probably sometime I, over the last 10 to 15 years. But the first time it happened was in the 80s, uh, international competition, right? That was the first time it happened was the 80s, early 80s. It mm-hmm. happened once. And then America decided, like, we're not going to let that happen again, and it took another 30 years. Yeah, well, they would have said they didn't really catch up. It was just, you weren't playing our best players. Yeah. You know, you, you, our, our best players, you know, happen to be but professionals. Now, now there are competitive FIBA games and yeah. things like that. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And, and they weren't for the longest time. Because a lot of those guys are professionals, too. Yeah. Right. And now they've made that a priority over there, where it's become more lucrative for, the, for them and those type of things. It, it's got to be lucrative for these overseas, you know, masses to get into yeah. it. 216-474-0092. Could foreign-born players take over the NFL? Do you think that that's a possibility? Yes or no? And coming up, speaking of America, how about a fine Oklahoman? And one of the wildest oh, things thanks. said about the treasure, the favorite son of Enid, Oklahoma, coming up on The Fan. We'll update the poll coming up at 940. Are you getting a lot of reaction to your question over there? Yeah. Looks like you yeah. are. Well, we've got a lot of football coaches. Could these could Oh, that sounded terrible. I got to be careful when I say yeah, Owen oh, is going to use it. it. Could foreign-born players take over the NFL? Well, and we're getting a lot of from coaches and people in the area like no, no, we we have the secret sauce here. And I'm like, "Well, you only have the secret sauce because they don't care about football over there. If that secret sauce went overseas, are you telling me the athletes are just more football-oriented here? Well, we hear so many kids started playing football in high school, so those weren't football players their do, whole life. I do think the numbers game, though, it would be a lot harder. Just like I think back to it was the Kings, you know, in the early 2000s had a bunch of European players yeah, on the right. team. And so that felt like, oh, that whole team's European. They had four guys. But there's 12 guys on a roster, yeah. and Mateen Cleaves was on that team. But there's there's twelve guys on that roster. I'll never forget Mateen Cleaves blowing deuces. And so when you have four guys, you're at a quarter of the roster already. Yeah. To do that on an NFL roster. And you do have like Jordan Mulata, I think, is the guy he's the left tackle mm-hmm. for the Eagles. What's well, a huge deal when there's one. Right. When there's one on a team. And that's one of those guys that I heard him on the Kelsey Brothers podcast. Obviously he's on there because Jason's on it, his teammate, but he was 
six, eight, 300 pounds. And some guy was like, you should go to the NFL. So he came over on one of those regional combine things on a, just on a try. And the guy that wanted him to do it kind of fed him that here's what they're going to ask you in the room. Here's how you draw up this blocking concept just so he could get, a, had he not passed that, I know how to run outside zone. He wouldn't be in the NFL right now. But you'd look at him and go, that's crazy. Six, eight, 300 pounds, and he played rugby. Yeah. He carried the ball in rugby over there. Why would we not be using him in the NFL? Here? I've had some coaches get hot with me saying this because I, I, I just generalize it to the, to the very lowest boiling point I possibly can when I've talked about this before. Like a baseball player, man, you got to have some really incredible skills to make it to the highest level. Like hand-eye coordination, the worst, the Austin Hedges of the worlds that we all sit there and go, oh, here he comes. Miles Straw, they are, I mean, better than 99.9% .9 of people out there that have ever tried hitting a baseball, catching a baseball, throwing it, whatever. And it's obviously the same thing in the NBA. Remember that and one 30 for 30 when they were laughing? Except for Ray for Alston, they were yeah. laughing yeah, oh, at yeah. the other guys. Like, no, they cannot do this, no. Well, But in the NFL, and football guys get mad because – they think I'm saying they got to be they, they're dummies. Ain't nobody a dummy in the NFL. They're not dummies. But are you really athletic? Yeah. Are you willing to put your body on the line? Yeah. All right. Can he listen and follow directions? Sure. All right. Let's put him over here and let's see where he can do where he can go. It's not as specialized as it is with baseball and football, or excuse me, baseball and basketball. And so, if you have athletes who are from Munich, Germany, Paris, France. London, England, and they're not good enough to play soccer or they're not good enough to play cricket or they're not good enough to play whatever other sports they play over their hockey. Eh, maybe, but they're really good athletes and they're willing to put their body on the line. Maybe they'll play football. But they don't have the system in place. Like, I mean, we really do protect football in our country. And in a lot of places like Ohio, Pennsylvania, uh, Florida, California, Texas, a little bit of Georgia, 216-474-0092, Jim in Strongsville. Jim, hello. Hey guys, listen. I, you can't say, you can't say that. Well, if our best athletes played soccer, we would be. No, then they say the same thing. Look, we 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 haven't had a great men's tennis player in forever. Look at the women's world. Look at our women's national soccer team. Roger Federer. Ahead of the, how, he's not American. No kidding. Keep going. <laughs> Anyways, look at our women's national soccer team. They were so far ahead of the world, but guess what? They're getting their butts kicked now. Why? Because the rest of the world caught up because soccer's popular there. If football was popular in other countries, there's, there's no, there is no such thing as our athletes are just better than theirs. That's just not true. Can I blame it on they weren't as hungry? Can I blame it on they weren't as hungry? Because I watched that, and you had former women's soccer player analysts saying, look at them. They're taking pictures and signing autographs after ties they're going to get got, and they were right. And I don't know anything about soccer. I have no idea. I don't know that enough about it to tell you either. I'm just. I would but just, you when used I look this at as it, an example. Why would you say uh, such a thing then, Jim? Well, Kenny lost interest of, once he lost Ken, his icon and uh, his political advocate, Megan Rapino. Once she left, that was it for Kenny. Not denying it, Jim. Continue. All right. Listen, you were talking about the cost, but that you also have the world, especially the the northern countries in Europe. They play a lot of hockey. Hockey, hockey is an expensive sport with a lot of what with a lot of equipment involved. I just think it matters of the popularity. I mean, who would have thought baseball so popular yeah, in Japan? The, they have some I mean, pretty I, good baseball I'm not players. trying to get weird about it, Jim, but the state sponsors that. The state will sponsor hockey and soccer in certain countries. Are they sponsoring football? Maybe listen, they are comrade, in certain cases. Comrade, I'm not listen, sure. Comrade, maybe so they don't should. you call I don't me know. a communist? Okay. 
But it's all fine and dandy until you lose. Until you lose yeah, a big yeah. one, then okay. yeah. you better find a different right. airplane to Jim come home. Jim Lennon and Strongsville over there. Would you all call me a Bolshevik? The aren't you? Oh my God! I said you're against them. Oh, we well. overthrew them. Here's an American Comrade Ken. That's pretty big in Japan, too. It's much more American than that. It is pretty big in Japan. They love the super. They had Big Daddy in London, too. He was a very popular wrestler over there. Derek on the road. He's next up on the fan. Yellow. Hey, how you doing? How you guys doing today? Doing okay. Stay safe out there. It's very, very treacherous. Go ahead. Oh, okay, definitely. Um, yeah, I was in the Air Force, and uh, I was stationed overseas in England. Now, the military used to play football in England, Germany, and Spain. And uh, during the off season, we would go play in like the British League or the, the German League. Hmm. Now, the only thing, now they do play football from a young age over in England, but the intensity of which they grow up playing is totally different from the intensity we grow up playing in the United States. Now, I will say in maybe 30 years, they'll get to that intensity over there, and then maybe they'll be able to come over and play then. But right now, they're not ready. Yeah, there is. I, I think that's a very good point. I mean, it is communities and what they pour their passions into, and it can, it can be an overwhelming thing. But communities, and Derek, thank you very much for the call because I think you were dead on there. What they pour their passions into will dictate what's big. And you look at the United States, it's a giant community. Like, I'll tell you right now, my son, it's pickup rec league basketball, and it's kind of, hey, we're all kind of hanging out and having a good time here. They take football a lot more seriously. They take wrestling very seriously there. It's picking up. Owen, I'm sure, is basically the same way where he's at. And Lima will find – I mean, Bay is, has a great football program, so you're, you're, you're going to know that uh, full on. But I think that with a lot of folks, with a lot of places, depending on what they take, it, they take into account, Indiana basketball is a big deal. You know, things in America, football, men's basketball, women's basketball, now over the last 20 years has become such a tremendous deal. It's where you pour your passions into. The, the foreign countries in Europe pour their passions into soccer or hockey or cricket, as we've seen past Europe, uh, but you understand. I'm, I'm always really interested. It's just, I'm, I'm, let's take it to the high school level, and I know we got to move on. Like Kirtland. Kirtland has been good for so long at football, and it leads you to wonder. And there are other schools around the state of Ohio that are great at basketball, great mm-hmm. at, say, women's, uh, girls' soccer, right? They're just certain sports. And I, I always just thought, well, yeah, they, there's something in the water there. Just there's, there's something going on there. You can't replicate it elsewhere. But you do wonder if Kirtland's coaches – went to another town, they were the coaches there for yeah. the next 15 years, would those say... The some athletes, of that's community. That's, yeah. It might have started coaches, it. but it's become a community yeah. base. Yeah. There it is. It's community buy-in. If it's important to the community and they want to protect the community, the, the parents do, and they buy into it, you're going to have good... At, if you're a basketball town, you'll be good at basketball. Lexington, Ohio, yep. good at basketball. Berlin. Historically, yep. Berlin, because the parents, it's a generational thing, they buy into it. Maslin, they're very mm-hmm. into football, so they come through it, even though they got a lot of players that are from outside yeah, Maslin, I, Ohio. I saw those license yeah, plates. Right. Anyway, what do you want to say there, Mitch? No, I, I oh, just heard Berlin. Berlin. Yeah. Oh, okay, there they're you Berlin. go. Mitch, please, by the way, coming up at 940, maybe he was going to play the Berlin basketball coach. I want to hear this out. Let me hear this out, okay? I'm not going to sit here and rip him. I want to see if the man makes a point. Apparently, yesterday, Nick... And Danny Cunningham on afternoon drive 
they got into a bit of a, a, a scrum about whether or not Mark Price could be an MVP or would be an MVP in this generation. Here it is. It Mark Price in this era wins an MVP. I don't know if he wins one, but he's... Steph won. Mark Price was an awesome shooter. Steph is better. Like, let's not, I, I don't want to say negative things here, but there's never been someone that has been better at shooting the basketball than Steph Curry. There hasn't been. And I don't know how close it is between him and number two. I don't think it's very close, though. I'm trying very hard not to engage in a, a verbal fisticuff with you over Mark Price. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, is, Steph won. What the hell? <laughs> so wait a minute it's one of the two greatest shooters who ever lived right so there. because because steph won what does that mean for all the players in the 1980s they all could have won if they shot the three well i don't understand that <sighs> dale ellis i don't know he was six seven <laughs> what about michael adams I'm just I thought sorry. you were going to hear this out. Kenny. I know. Yeah. But and here way, you are the way. giggling like a little first What about Dan, Danny Ainge shot a lot of threes? MVP? The first argument Chuck he Person, says. Rifleman, MVP. Bleep, Steph Bill won. Paxton. I mean, how hard could it be? <laughs> Go ahead. Play the rest. I don't know if I want Dana Barrows, MVP. The they got to listen to the part where he borderline like almost threatens Danny for a second. Be- I love because, Mark Price. Like, well, he- no, but I think, I, I think this is where the era thing does matter. Sure. And I think... Mark was every bit the shooter that Steph is. He just played in an era where you got your ass knocked down on every other play. I, uh, here's where I totally disagree. Yeah, I wanted to agree with uh, Mark Price. I, I think that it would have been great to see him in this era, but there's also 20 other guys back then that if they were allowed to shoot, I mean, Reggie Miller was shooting five well, threes 60, a game. So I think what, that'd be- what would Reggie Miller, how many threes would he shoot today? Wouldn't then Reggie Miller... Yeah. Be a candidate. Reggie Miller might shoot 63s a game. This is where Nick, uh, I wanted yep. to agree with Nick. We act, guys, we all love Mark Price. Okay? Racer phrase. Everybody loves Mark Price. He wasn't the only guy shooting threes in that era. We act like he was the only guy who shot threes in that era. If, they, if he, and you just mentioned Reggie Miller, and a lot of other guys. Michael Adams. Michael Adams in that era played in this era, it would be a lot different for all of those guys. But imagine, I imagine if Larry Bird didn't have to drive the lane as much as he did and could just set outside. Uh, well, yeah, it would have, it would yeah. he would have played another ten years, yeah. and, and then he'd still be MVP. And and could Mark Price? That the difference with Steph, damn, that I is going to be an all-time difference. And you've seen so many, so many people try to replicate his game. Is that he didn't need he didn't need to have space to get a three pointer off. I mean, I don't know that Mark Price. If guys, if long guys are draped all over him, how is he creating the space off the dribble? And he was great in a two-man game. Steph can create space in ways that you just cannot believe. He can shoot off either foot, which I don't think people realize is an but He makes it look easy. But stepping to the right side and creating five feet of space off a step back like he can, I mean, that's just not really part of Mark Price's game. Mark Price would jump forward after his three, I mean, Steph can jump jump diagonally. He can oh. he can sprint off a staggered screen at full speed. I'm come all the way around the hoop, it. throw the ball over to one side, then sprint to the other side while guys are like exhausted. And then he's getting the ball. Step back three from thirty feet. Like that's just that's not Mark Price's game. Would it have been Mark Price's game if Mark Price was? That's fair. Thirty-five. That's, right I, now? I always wonder. Like could Kobe Bryant was never a great three-point shooter, but if he played today. 
don't you think someone like him, he just would have worked on it harder? Just wasn't it? He worked on the mid-range game. True. I think a lot of guys back then. Would Steph have been a great player back then? Oh, yeah. Did you just do that uh, for a we, second? I didn't no, want to trail no, off there for a minute. Yeah, yes, of course. Shooting works in any era. I can't say Indiana basketball, but I can say uh, I can say Steph Curry a bunch of times. And, and people are like, well, nobody gets physical with Steph. Watch the playoffs. Guys are holding him. Guys are drilling him when he comes across the lane. Playoffs are different animal. And that Steph, is true. Steph, it took him a while to get over the, the, the bugaboo once he got outplayed by by Kyrie, there were questions like, is, is Steph, could he be? Remember, it what wasn't Steph that? who won the MVP in 2015. I think that segment happened right after I was done listening because I was pulling in for that meeting in the 6 o'clock, and I yeah. heard them getting ready to start ripping me because Danny had said that Donovan Mitchell was the second-best Cavalier ever. And then once it was said yesterday by Terry Pluto, which Terry was just saying pure basketball player, then I thought, I was like, well, they're going to rip me. Away we go. And I just... I got out of the truck and I walked in. I was like, well, I'll get texted about it. And then I hear this about Mark Price. And I love Mark Price. Everybody loves Mark Price. He's three time. I don't think people realize third team, all NBA. He was very valuable. Tremendous player. I'm not saying he, he might've got votes. Would he have been an MVP if he played in this generation? I'm just thinking he's not the only guy who shot threes in the 1980s well, and early 90s. And how many people would evolve with how the game is? That's, I mean, that's the story. Bra- right would there. Brad Doherty be an outside shooter in this generation? I mean, he was an athletic Golly, big man. Golly, right? you are probably prophetic about that. True. 216 474 0092. Can you make an argument that. I wanted to. I wanted to agree with you, Nick. I know you're going to hear this. I know you're going to get. We all. Later. I had a poster. I, to agree. I had a poster on my wall for four years with him shooting a free throw. Think about how different. <laughs> who who would have a poster in 2024 shooting a free throw? That would be like a baseball player squaring a bunt. That's the poster. I mean, how insane! All right, we got people in two one six four seven four double ninety two. Nick, I wanted to agree with you. I just got out of the truck at the wrong time, apparently. Coming up next, we'll get to the people who might agree with Nick about Mark Price, and I got to update that poll. It's a lot of people are saying no way on a free pass for your Cleveland Cavaliers. And Mitch, please, next on the fan. Mitch, please, up first. What you got for us, Mitch? You're going to make the show better. You're three for three so far this week. Hopefully, my final uh, installment for this week comes to us from Kansas City in honor of Owen. I wanted to bring up the beautiful nonsense that is Chiefs Aholic. It was yesterday where the man behind the Chiefs Aholic uh, uh, persona, the wolf costume, uh, pled guilty to three charges stemming from a bank robbery around two years ago. He skipped out on bail. Obviously, we knew the whole thing went viral on social media. So this was his attorney yesterday addressing the press after the 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 ruling. Uh, this is from Fox Four in Kansas City. From the beginning of this case, folks, the government has been blitzing, and Xavier's pocket was collapsing. But today. Xavier stepped into the pressure. He took responsibility for his actions. He stood up in court, humble and repentant, and admitted what he had done. Now, if I know anything about Xavier, and if the Chief's Kingdom knows anything about Chief Saholic, we know that he doesn't give up. We know that if he stumbled and he fell, he didn't let his knee touch the ground. And that's because he's capable of doing a great thing. And he knows that there's still hope. We still have a lot of work to do on his case, but Xavier wants everyone to know that he loves the Chiefs' kingdom, he loves Kansas City, and he hopes that you'll rally to his support. Thank you, and God bless. Less worried about going to prison than how other Chiefs fans think of him. 
Also, if he doesn't give up, does that mean he's going to keep Robin Banks if he gets out? What's that mean? Well, when you're addicted to Chiefs of Hall, sometimes. <laughs> it's in his DNA. What's he supposed to do? What's in his DNA? Well, running to follow the law. <laughs> that's good. That's why I was yeah. asking. I can't believe that's how that lawyer started that off. And by the way, I don't, I'm going to have to make room for him. When he was caught snorting lines of scrimmage. <laughs> when, he, when he fumbled his bag outside of the dance club. It was a simple handoff from his drug dealer. I mean, this guy is great, though. Oh, hell. I, I'm going to have to make room for him in the dream team. That was incredible. I mean, it, it's about if I'm going to go to jail, I might as well be entertaining doing it, right? That's great. Two one six four seven four double zero nine. I want to know Mitch, if, he well done. if he represents other <laughs> other criminals, other suspects, and then just references <laughs> what they what they are what into. What they really like, yes. The model train builders. Oh, come on! Perfect. <laughs> We were hoping to choo-choo choose another <laughs> bailiff for this case. I go, all right, here we go. Four for four. Well done, Mitch. All right, let's get to Josh and Bria. We asked Josh. whether or not Nick was right that Mark Price could win an MVP in this generation. I just laughed. Listen, I love Mark Price. I just laughed at the argument that Nick immediately made when he said that oh, Steph won an MVP. Uh, Josh, hello. It seems like Nick's going to need the Chief Aholic's lawyer to uh, talk to the fans after that take. It was just oh, a very yeah. bad reasoning for Despite it. Despite all my bad takes, you know, just know I, I want your support, guys. And I just love the Cavaliers so much that I'm going to say that. Because Curry won one, Mark Price would win one. That is, like, one of the craziest things I've ever heard. And like, I Poor Nick. Like, like Lima said, like, the modern era guard now, like, remember when – Iverson was a rookie and crossover Michael Jordan. They banned the crossover because they thought it was illegal because it was just – now you got all these guards nowadays who can do that. And it's like Mark Price would have had a guard the likes of a Kyrie Irving, uh, Devin Booker, uh, you know, Jalen Brown, if you were matching up against the Celtics nowadays. Like how would he fare against those type of guys? It's just crazy to be like, yeah, oh, jo- yeah, so well, if yeah, Josh, can do that. In Nick's, yeah. in Nick's defense here um, – I mean, Steph Curry didn't win the MVP because he could defend any of those guys. I mean, he would try. And, and, and he would try, and then that's why we won the championship because they realized that he didn't want to guard Kyrie Irving, and then boom, came the shot. And then we have a championship. But it's not to just be like, oh, yeah, because the arrow is different. You know, if he played now, he'd be better. He, what? Mark Price, realistically, what? He averaged in his career at the Cavs 18 points a game. He'd probably in this modern era be around 21 to 23 points a game and not enough to give him an MVP, though. I mean, just the sheer audacity to just be like, because they're the similar types, oh, they, he would win an MVP just because of that. It's just one of the most asinine things. But it's, it's just, the modern athlete now in the NBA is so much, I'm sorry, it's just so much more gifted than it once was back then. That's why the game is so spread out. Well, we always do, because I, I did this before, Josh. Thank you very much. Like, talking about, like, Jim Brown. I said Jim Brown and Dick Buckus and a few other guys from that era, if everything were the same, if you just dropped them in 2023, they would be good football players in 2023. Now, I can't guarantee Hall of Famers, but 
they'd be good for as is. Like guys who had jobs during the offseason, as is. You took Jim Brown, Buckus, a couple other guys, dropped them into the NFL in 2023. They'd be very good football players. Uh, with Mark Price, if you dropped him into 2023, he'd be a really good shooter. Maybe he'd be a spot shooter. Now, if he was 33 in 2023, I'm, I can't say he wouldn't get votes for MVP, but I, if I did the same thing for all the other guys in the 80s and early 90s, I think that that's a conversation uh, I have to have. It I think it's just a, be Mark. a good point by Luigi Costanzo. He says, people seem to forget Mark Price played in an era when three-point line was actually longer as well, and he broke efficiency records for shooting. While that's all true, and I, I do think that's a, a fair point, and people just forget. Go look at a highlight reel of Mark Price. I, I just had Ken watching during the break. He was a point guard. I mean, he was able to get – he's criminally underrated. There is no doubt. But are you seeing the range guys are shooting from today? They, these guys are able to shoot. I mean, look at the range where anybody's shooting from. Look at the from. college, Clark co- college the record from the just logo. Gonna say, just going to say, the, the three-point line is inconsequential to these guys. They are able to shoot it from everywhere. In fact, a lot of them like to start out from further because they know there's more of a distance and it sets up their teammates. So they don't even want to come in and, and, and look at that line and bury shots around that line. They want the distance. JB in Olmstead Falls. Hello. Got to go quick. Go ahead. Yeah, I think Warren Moon would be an MVP in this NFL day. <laughs> I mean, he he wouldn't Why have to not? spend years in Canada. He wouldn't have to spend years in Canada Give before he got here. Shoot, I'll tell you that wouldn't have to do that. Are you ready for this? The uh, update of the poll, the ahead. final poll yep. results. Yep. We are at a final. I I posted out there for everybody not to rip off the afternoon show. I know they've done a lot of polls lately, but I said we gave a free pass to the Cavs yesterday at nine fifty a.m. It's nine fifty today. For their game against Chicago, are you giving them a free pass for it after the Mavericks win? 61.6% tone say no. No free pass. All right. Guess you guys just uh, were not that blown away by that amazing game the night before. We will have a chance to do it again next week. If they beat Boston on Tuesday, then they're at Atlanta on Wednesday. Atlanta and going into this game coming up next Wednesday, because I know everybody cares about the Atlanta Hawks around this area, is 20. They're 26 and 32. They're in the 10 seed. So I want to put it out there. If the, if the Cavs win on Tuesday, we'll all be going crazy because they beat the Boston Celtics, who are 46 and 12 right now, and basically have yep. the number one seed wrapped up. And that means, Lima, like you said to me on the phone, they'll probably give a good effort because it could be a matchup later on. Uh, Can Kenny, we give a free pass if they were to lose against Atlanta uh, the next night? Not allowed to lose any more games, apparently, by the Cavs. We're just going to get really mad. Can't figure out anything. anything. We cannot figure out anything. We're not allowed to figure out anything as far as rotations and sets or anything. I had joked earlier about owning the Mark Price poster of him shooting a free throw, and I said, can you imagine a baseball player having a poster of them bunting, squaring up? And then Nate in Bay Village sent me the Brett Butler poster from back in the day. On the Dodgers, square, from squaring Grace up under fire, squaring up, same, same one, squaring up to butt. I always get. She's bre- poor, by the way. Oh, I've she seen. has no money. She had a TV show what? that was watched by like twenty million Why people. Why would you leave the show on that? Grace under fire. Yeah. Why Is she gonna go fund me like Alyssa Milano for her kids? Just kids shout that she's poor and then end the show. I think she was begging for money too. I get Brett Butler and George Brett mixed up from time to time. Which, if you want to talk about YouTube stories, like I was talking about earlier. He's got one for the ages. I think if you look up Don Carmen, former pitcher for the Philadelphia Pirate or Philadelphia Pirate, Philadelphia Phillies, he will also have a squared and your up uncle. Bun. No, we're not related. Oh. Spelled the same way though. There you go.
Uh, big thanks to Big Country for Jeff, for Mitch. Hopefully things are going better for Brett Butler very soon. For the Slippery Wizard, Anthony Lima. <laughs> the actress, Lima. Not, the, not the baseball player. The Slippery Wizard, Anthony I hope Anthony the baseball player is it. No, who I, has, I want nothing good Who has more money? Podcast coming up Which after Brett the show. Which Brett Butler has more money? 10 We'll do that on the podcast. Podcast coming up after the show. It's a, it's a back room podcast of the emerging podcast scene. I'll be talking to Sean Spencer, head coach over at Rose. Boys basketball. It'll be a great time. Be listening. And right now, looking for a winner. Enter the word ball. B-A-L-L 923thefan.com by 10 a.m. Your chance to win a pair of tickets to the 2024 Mac Basketball Tournament. Tickets on sale. Now, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. No, I ain't doing it now. Big thanks to everybody who listened. Stay safe out there. Take care. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.